At Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you that the world as we know it would not exist without the number zero. Which is why, at Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. Even with no sugar, it packs all of the bold citrus kick Dew Nation knows and loves. It's so good, you have no reason not to try it. As in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar. All do. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, here you see him, punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Andy, and joining me is my co-host, not Dion Sands of Primetime. It's me, the PR. I am me. What's up, everybody? Exactly. We are back here for episode 142. And I, man, this right here, this episode is going to be very different. I'm telling you right now. Because there's a lot of things that we got to talk about that it's just painful that we don't want to talk about. And there's, there's things that, you know, predictions and stuff like that. So stay tuned for a very interesting podcast today. But before we get into the interesting podcast, so first of all, Prime, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. You're good. It's good, man. I always want to check on everybody and make sure they're in good health, not just expecting that, you know, everybody's health is good. So, that's good. I'm doing good and everything. So, uh, we got. make sure you guys check out SpacesPhilly.com. SpacesPhilly, the production company we are a part of, and you guys can listen to the great uh, content over there, such as Lulu and Pop, Lulu and Pop Horror Show, Both Sides and the Market Dark Show. Make sure you check out our content over there, the No Gimmicks Heated Wrestling Podcast, Turntable, Save Our Culture, and Beyond, uh, Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongues, Nerdgasm Talk Podcast, and Ballers Lounge Podcast as well. Make sure you guys also check out uh, TheRealNerdCoalition.com. TheRealNerdCoalition.com, where you can get all your Nerd Coalition merch. The NC with the lightning bolt, the Shazam logo. You can get the regular NC logo. You can get the retro NC logo. And, of course, with your boys down here for the No Gimmicks Heated Wrestling Podcast, you can get yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, or anything that has that symbol on there. You guys can get that right now at Teespring slash The Real Nerd Coalition. Also, get your Q-Flow merch down there as well. The layover stuff, the t-shirts, the hoodies, the dad hats. And make sure you check out the Wardrum, Q-Flow's latest hot album on the Christian hip-hop scene. Make sure you check out the Wardrum. We have all that at therealnerdcoalition.com. And you can listen to our podcast on all your podcast platforms. I, I just realized this past weekend that we on more platforms than I thought. And these are some, like, no-name podcast platforms. I'm like, well, we on it, but... When it comes you to can't like, say they ain't no name because apparently somebody will somebody listen to you from that platform. You're right. You are absolutely right. Well, what I, if somebody listen to you from Pod Machine yeah. eight seven or something? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? I I am blessed for all that great, great stuff as well. 
I'm blessed for everybody listening. And you guys should check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and also YouTube Premium as well. And before we get into a prime time, I, I like doing this now because I, I forget to do about it at the at the uh at the end. The Prime Nostalgia Podcast. Make sure you guys check out the Prime Nostalgia Podcast that I mean Prime Time does. Sell it for me a little bit, Prime to the people. Uh, just basically reliving your 90s and early 2000s nostalgia with different guests every week different topics and uh, come have some fun the last episode I did was about DCOM for the early 2000s people y'all know what DCOMs are but uh, let's keep it moving okay hey man hey don't sell your stuff sure cause I love the Prime Nostalgia Podcast and I can't wait to get back on it I was hoping you will formulate a Prince versus Michael Jackson show if I do a show, it would not be that. It would be more. It would be more in the realm of boy band versus boy band, or producer versus producer. I can I can't do MJ versus anybody because I'd be biased. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who are you talking? Well, see, the thing I was saying is because um, my father in law, huge Prince fan, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge Michael fan, mm-hmm. and my wife, Lady Sketch, meets mm-hmm. in the middle. But yeah, so don't... I'm saying like if if I could do a like if I if I was doing something with Lady Sketch or her, her show or something, then of course that'd be easy for me to be biased and she could be biased or whatever. But yeah. If I'm just on my show, I'm like no, I'm heavily biased. Yeah, it's, I understand yeah. that as well. So <clears throat> great stuff come out to you guys. So this is the uh, we gonna have to start off somber. I really didn't want to do this. We we knew about situations last week but we didn't want to talk about it but it is confirmed that former WWE star Shad Gasper from one half of the tag team Crime Time with JTG passed away at the age of 39 years old uh, last week last Sunday actually because we record this podcast on Sunday he was at the beach with his family uh, Venice Beach they just opened up a week ago because uh, of the pandemic so uh, we've seen a lot of beaches open the weather breaking California stuff like that and he was out on the beach and him and his son got caught in a riptide and the riptide pulled him out to sea and when the lifeguards got to him and the thing is they got to him and he said he said no save my son first they, it ain't even about me it saved him and they went and they saved the son, but then another wave came crashing down on him and then nobody could find him. They had helicopters and they had uh, flying low boats out there. They had a whole search going on and uh, <clears throat> they couldn't find him. They called the search off at 730 and people was hold, holding on hope. TMZ broke the news. And, you know, everybody's trying to be respectful of the family, stuff like that. So we really got some confirmation. But when I heard about it on Monday, because I didn't hear about it on Sunday. When I heard about it on Monday. It didn't get out until Monday. Until Monday. Okay, yeah. So when it came out on Monday, and I was like, when my wife told me, I was just like, oh, man. Like, this just happened. Like, when she told me, I thought it was like a half an hour ago when she told me. But then she she told me that it was a... a whole this happened yesterday and right then and there I was just like damn if this happened yesterday that man's gone but I didn't I didn't want to say that you know what I'm saying 
You know, I want to be, be respectful of whoever's listening, whoever's close to him, whoever, you know, the family, whatever the case may be. I want to be <clears throat> respectful, me and you both, Brian, because we didn't talk about it on the podcast last week. It was known, but we didn't talk about it because I was like, yeah. I want the confirmation. Then, then on Wednesday, uh, a body washed up to shore. and then First of all, how scary is that? I don't know. I've never experienced that. How scary is that when you just, like, on the beach swimming and, like, a body just... Yeah, that well, for, it, it got to be it got to be frightening. It got to be frightening, and um, it washed up, and then they confirmed the body to be Shad's body, so which confirmed him uh, passed away. So then, when it was confirmed, then you know all the superstars from his era, especially his era, Michelle McCool, Mickey James, even Triple H went on TMZ and stuff like that, because. <laughs> Even Vince put out a tweet. Exactly. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and talk like Shad was on the level of a Batista or an Undertaker or a Rock. He wasn't. Shad was part of a tag team called Crown Time that was very popular. And trust me, I used to watch them all the time in college. And I'd be like, these urban youths came out there. Because when I first seen the gimmick, I was just like, there's no way this is going to work. There's no way it's going to work. I'm like, because JTG looked like the even more hooder version of Jagged Edge. Mm -hmm. If that's even (laughs) possible. If that's even possible. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, wow. Well, um, I don't know how to take these guys. Uh, But you know what I'm saying? But, you know, uh, they grew on everybody. And they became popular. And they they never won tag team titles. And then they had the thing where, remember when... uh, JBL and John Cena had a thing going on, and they yeah. and, and they joined John Cena, and they was breaking up JBL's limo. One of the best skits they ever had was with, <laughs> with DX backstage when they were trying to s- s- yeah. scalp the tickets. Uh-huh. Sean saying, "I got a deuce down low," kills me every time I see it. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, yeah, but, uh, they had like a scene with Vince, right? And, and Will yes, Regal, I think. yeah. So it was a yeah. scene with Vince Will gonna tell you long, and then. They would say to Vince that he do, they do, he he makes the money, money, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was their thing they did. And I remember William Regal and Taylor was all dancing around Vince. And Vince was sitting looking like, in the circle just looking all confused. So, you know, that's what they were popping for. And then when they came back they, and they had a run, then they decided to break them up. And Because Vince obviously likes the bigger guys. Looked at Shad and wanted to make him the star. And it just so happened that it didn't work out that way. Remember him and JTG had a strap match at Extreme Rules uh, 2010, and then pretty soon. I mean, I, honestly, I think they just turned him here just to get, get him to cut them cornrows because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Shad ain't had no hang time for four years. Let's, let's be honest. As a wrestler, as a wrestling personality, the ball head looks better for like a champion. I guess you would say, not well, the braids. Well, well, when it comes to like black men. That ball hit got that very fierce and intimidating look to a lot of black Especially guys. Especially on Shad. Yeah, on Shad. It's kind of yeah. like when you look at Ezekiel Jackson, right? He was he was intimidated with the ball hit, but when he grew that hair, that that, that low cut, I was like, ew. That don't even look right dog. on you. Yeah, the hot dog neck. <laughs> so, and then he was released from the company, you know, uh, soon after that. Yeah, JTG stayed for like another 10 years. Exactly. Like, JTG stayed and JTG. He stayed and changed. He went from like the hood JTG to like. I remember his last match. I think he was wearing like uh, tights. 
let's say like JTG. Yes. You know what he fought? Santino and Santino gave him a cobra. He like Devon. Yeah, he so. Yeah. Everybody keeps looking like, yo, look how JTG sold that cobra. And that's when he had a, had a little Jericho stuff going in the back. Yeah, I think but, that's why he got fired. That's his but, last match. But Shad, on the other hand, has been getting stuff going on in Hollywood. He's been in a couple movies. Mm-hmm. You know, with extras or cameras, whatever the case may be. And yeah, I've seen him. I, I think I've seen him in. Uh, <clears throat> oh, my God. What's the movie with Kevin Hart? Then, uh, like a man, too? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. He was in that Thing Like Man too, in the like, some kind of club or something. Also, mm. he was in the recently watched that we watched together, the Big Show show. You know, I missed him on the Big Show show. Where was he at on the Big Show show? The wrestling episode where Big Show was was wrestling, and he uh, he was like, I, I could take two on that once. I think Shad, and I, I believe that's Mata from from Tough Enough. Oh, okay. Was, uh, they both got in there. And he slammed them both. Oh yeah. man, I got I, I got to go back and watch that because I liked the rest of episode, but I didn't know Shad was you know. Cause I wasn't pissed at one in the rink. I was so pissed off at Terry, but you know, <laughs> you know how they got against you. But you know, but he also uh, in, in uh, martial arts and he was a bouncer at a club before. But yeah, he, I um, believe it. Yes, uh, he uh, did uh, Kratos's mocap for the God of War game, the the more recent one. That he did, and then there, you know, people toss around that word hero a lot, but you know, Shaq how like lived that. Remember in 2016 where he was in the uh, convenience store, and the guy he came, Robert, yep. yeah, and the guy came in with a gun, and then Shaq like literally just tossed the gun out of him and slammed the shit out of him on the outside. Cause I'm just like, why would you want to fuck with somebody that big? Even though, but see, gun gives power, right? But then when somebody takes that power away, you know, it's done. And um, he said in an interview that he didn't was even thinking about himself. He didn't want nobody else to get hurt. That's just been his mo. From, from listening to some of the wrestlers talk about it. John Morrison. Post- so, so, oh, well, never mind. Keep, no. going. Keep going. Okay, John Morrison posted a really nice message. On Instagram, where it was him a picture, him Shad. I think it was JTG the picture as well, about how uh, you know how close he was to Shad and how he knew him. And then he said, "I wasn't even surprised when he said save my son first. That's just the kind of guy he's been in life. That's kind of." And he said, "It's hard." He said, "It's easy to be selfless when you're comfortable, but when you got when when you're in that moment, you know." Ask yourself how many times, how many people, and this is real talk, and it's not saying that nobody won't be selfless, but in that moment, ask yourself how selfless would you be, you know? And I, I, I thought that was nice, but what was you going to say? Nah, I was actually going to make a joke, but never mind, this is past tense. Oh, <laughs> oh, my bad, bro. Uh, <laughs> Triple H came on and praised uh, Shad for how great, and you know what's funny? One thing I, I've like, because first of all, for some reason, this hits different because of the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do like, these top stars are, are, are stars from Shaz's era. Shaz's from that Rufus Aggression era. Yeah. Triple H. Going into the PG era. Exactly. Triple H didn't talk about Shad as if that was his best friend. He didn't talk about him like he was a top star. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Batista. 
He talked about him because Triple H, like I said, DX had skits with Shad, stuff like that. And he talked about just the kind of person he was mm-hmm. backstage yeah. and how he was and just seeing that kind of stuff. It wasn't like, yo, man, that was my man's right there. And so you know that's come from JTG. You know that's come from MVP. You know that's come from John Morrison no, or something. But you, what you trying to say? I don't care. What'd you say? I'm trying to say you trying to name all the black people. Is that what you trying to do? Almost. I did put John Morrison's <laughs> name in there. <laughs> now, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would say like them, maybe Tyler Valkyrie, because that's John Morrison's wife. Yeah. Uh, maybe Maria, or uh, who, who, who they used to make fun of backstage? Uh, Candace Michelle, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, I said, well, but Michelle McCool, uh, she posted yeah. something, and then uh, I, I think you know, Lita and Trish and Mickey James was hurt, and you know, he was cool with Mickey James. And then, Even uh, to Cody and Brandy. Is it, like, oh yeah, I, I got check. I got check Cody Twitter. I don't know if he said anything. He probably did. Uh, yeah, he because he, they wrestled him a, a few times for the titles. Yeah. Is that, well, oh, that's him right. And, uh, yeah, him and Ted. Him and Ted Or Hardcore Holly. I can't remember. Oh yeah. Oh which yeah. God, remember that, remember that Hardcore Holly era. But anyway, <laughs> so they was just talking. They was just really talking about how just a genuine nice guy. He said there, there is very few people in the sport of professional wrestling. That there is not a bad thing to say about them, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. falls into that category. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in in that category, Kofi even had a Kofi even had like a uh, like a sad thing. He had like a whole three or four paragraphs. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, it was was it on his IG or his Twitter? This thing is on both, but you know, because you know, it's the, the viral video MVP and Shad. Yeah. After Kofi won his title, yeah. So. Yeah, you know, was like, and I was like, yeah, I, I seen that video when it happened. I'm like, I'm like, you know, that's just, you know, that, that's just touching right there. And also, uh, JTG shared that um, he got a text from Shad back in January of this year, uh-huh. and then he said that, uh, yeah. It was a day that we, we lost Kobe. And throughout this whole pandemic, I'm just like, you know what happened in January? We lost Kobe. And he was just like, look, if I die tomorrow, I want you to know that I love you like a brother. And JC said, you know, I love you too. Hashtag no homo. I don't know why we're still doing that. But, you know. Hey. I don't know why he put the hashtag in there. Exactly. I'm like, you, you, you're, you're texting your bro. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got you to gotta do all that stuff like that. Like, like come on, man, you know. Black people men, really put hashtags when they text though. <clears throat> no, I'm talking about the no homo thing. Like, I'm I'm over the whole no homo uh-huh. stuff. I think it's I think it's stupid. But uh neither here or there, you know, yeah, uh he said that yeah, with Kobe. That's probably an inside joke between them or something. You know, it, you know, it could be. But I'm but uh yeah, the day Kobe that because like I said, Kobe forty one years old, you just sitting there like, man, literally. And anything could happen. Him and his daughter and all them other people just died on the helicopter crash. He's like, anything could happen. And, you know, it was just so eerie that, you know, he sent him that message. So, you know, it's, it's just, it just feels different. You know, because so, it's like he, he wasn't the biggest wrestling star by no means. But it affected a lot of people because of how he passed away. And him yeah, going. His personality as well. His personality as well. And then him going out as a hero. Him going yeah. out and saying like you know, save you know save my son man. Don't worry about me. It's, save him. It's just like you know that's going to be traumatizing and hard for that ten year old boy, you know, to to, to go through that. <clears throat> but 
he has to know, I, I, you know, whether whoever's listening or not, he has to know that his his father's a hero, like a legit uh-huh. hero to the point. Like people were already on, on Twitter. I seen all this past weekend saying, "There's no doubt in my mind that Shad should get the Warrior Award for next year, whenever they, whenever they, you know, get the Hall of Fame back up and running." Well, if they're going to have it at SummerSlam, he might get it this year. Yeah, you, you never know. I'm just like, because this man gave his life for his son. I'm just like, like I said, this man been on this earth 39 years. That, 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 that's a young, that's no time at all. But 39 years is still more than 10 years. Yep. And you know what I'm saying? And then like, you know, when you had a kid, you know, the kids do something to you. And it was just, I was praying, really, that they found his body. Because it it, it, it was sink even low. Him, people that get people get lost to see all the time, uh-huh. and no family has nothing to come back to, nothing to bury, just 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 nothing. And you know, I was like, I'm so glad that you know he came back in his way. Like you know, say like you know, he washed back up the shore and everything. And it was just like it was, it, it it's heartbreaking. It really, it really is heartbreaking. It's tragic. It's unfortunate. And you don't. It's just like a, just a day at the beach, and then. These things, these these riptides happen. First of all, beaches always scare me because when I was young and I went to the beach, my mom took me down there, my sister and everything. And now, now you you've been to the beach before, right, prime time? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is weird feeling that happens. <laughs> I can't help but go. <laughs> it's, yeah, you're right. So this is weird feeling that happens. So my mom took me right there to the sand, right where the water uh, comes up at. So it just mm-hmm. comes across my feet. The first time it happened, it felt like I was moving. Like it was yeah, like, it it yep. like I was sliding around the sand. So I, at a young age, I was like, "Whoa!" and I was nervous. And then the second time it happened, it felt like I was moving. I tripped and I slipped, and I fell into the water. And I kind of rolled a little bit close to the water, freaked me out. And I'm a guy that is like, ever since then. Those kind of things freak me out because, uh, you know, at the beach, because I don't like feeling that, that water moving. So, like I said, I don't know. Now you got some people that go, like, into the water. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not an into the be actually swimming like they Olympic. Exactly. I'm, I'm just like, I am not an into the water guy. So, I'm just not going to get into the water. And I'm not blaming him or nothing like that because it was supposed yeah. to be a regular day. You know what I'm saying? Shit, you, you in the house all damn day from quarantine and stuff like that. You need... You need to get out some of that, especially these kids need to get out. So it's very. Well, I, I guess I don't, for me it depends on what what age I was, because you know, yeah, being that deep in the water, I still got jaws in my mind. So I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah, just, you know, say so. You know, it's it's heartbreaking, but you know, my prayers and condolences all obviously go with the family. They go with all his close like JTG and everybody. That, it's having a rough. It's having a rough time right now because. You know, young guy shouldn't happen, but he all—he's been a hero his whole time on this earth, and he will be rewarded in the in in the afterlife. I I am confident, and I believe that. And um, you know, rest in peace, the Shad Gaspar. It, it it was just a painful thing to happen. Very painful. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, so we we're gonna move on here. We're gonna break up the monotony. We we're not going to just do. Sad on sad on sad because we we got this Alberto the asshole to talk about, and we and then we we do got uh Owen Hart to talk about. Owen Hart gonna be a thing because I started watering up when Owen 
Well, I'll see the episode again because I remember that day like anything. But we'll get to that later. Right now, Double Nothing is this uh, Saturday. So uh-huh. by the time you're listening to this, it may be Friday or maybe early Saturday morning right before the pay-per-view. So I want to do the predictions on the podcast if I tend to order because it's like a WrestleMania 34 game time decision. If I decide to order it, I'm going to hopefully review it probably prime time, and then we can uh, talk about it on a separate review. But right now, I'm going to just give the predictions out. So right now, we have a nine-match card. Or first of all, it's an eight-match card, with, and then an extra match on the pre-show. The pre-show being Private Party taking on Best Friends, just for... Uh, the tag team match to determine number one contender for the eight A World Tag Team Championships. So I already know Best Friends is winning that match. Their record is better. Private part of them have a winning record, do they? Yeah, because they don't. First of all, they they don't win matches after two. I mean, I know that there's probably a lack of tag teams because of all the um all the Corona. Some people some people can't wrestle and stuff. But yeah, um, it's weird. Is is <laughs> I'm, I'm just like. That's kind of obvious, I feel like. They could have just made it a regular tag team match and the winner could potentially get a shot at the champs, not just make it a full lot number one contenders because then we'll know for sure who's going to win. Exactly, and that's going to be best friends. So, Unless they want to surprise us, which they do do that sometimes as well. So. Uh, what we got to see. So yeah. let's start out uh, with, well, now I guess I don't even know what to start out with, but you know what? I'm going to start out with, this, with the, 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 the matches that I don't even know was even on the card. Uh, Dustin Rose taking on Sean Spears in a regular oh. singles match. <laughs> I didn't know that was on the card until you just said it. Did, did, uh, did they just put it on? I'm like, when did this happen? I mean, I'm pretty sure it happened on Dynamite because I didn't hear him talking about Dustin. Uh, yeah, mm. I think Sean Spears gets his first uh, pay-per-view win. <laughs> you know what? This man left me and Ty Dillinger to come over to AEW to be somebody in the crowd. Isn't that so? Yeah. It's weird. I think... I don't know. I think something happened with that segment. I don't know. Honestly, actually, never mind. Never mind. I'm saying Dustin winning because ain't no way you can come back from pinning yourself up and figure for it. Never mind. You know what? You're right. Dustin is winning. <laughs> Dude, Dustin got pinned from a figure for it. Yeah. Yep. Dustin is winning. All right. After their recent encounters on the past AW Dynamite especially in that Fatal 4-Way, which he had another Fatal 4-Way this past week on Dynamite, which I was like, this don't make no sense at all. But, okay. We have Dr. Brent Baker, DMD, taking on Chris Statlander in a regular singles match. Uh, I think the match might be canceled, actually. Really? It might be, because I, I think uh, Brent got hurt. Re- oh, really? So, this past episode of Dynamite, you think? Yeah, cause um, they did like a double suplex. They double suplex Nyla into Britt, and like Nyla let it all on Britt's leg, and she was holding her leg oh. for the rest of the match. Okay, so you know it might be canceled. Okay, because if it wasn't, it's gonna be Britt Baker DMD anyway. Yeah, Doctor Britt Baker. Excuse me. All right, so n- now we're getting to some uh, some matches that make sense that was announced. I want to go into this casino. Ladder match for the AEW World Championship. Uh, excuse me, for a future AEW World Championship match. So we have Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassie, freshly squeezed, Ray Phoenix, 
Scorpio Sky, Kip Saban, Frankie Kazarian, the Luchasaurus, and a mystery opponent. First of all, we that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people in this ladder match already. Yep. Bruh, on paper, this should be a damn good ladder match. Yeah. On uh, paper. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like... Well, you know the rules to the match. What? Uh-oh. There's other than a regular... <laughs> okay. What's the rules to the match? This is a... Um... <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell me. This better not be what you about to say. What did you, what did you think I'm about to say? King of the Hill? No, 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 no. Okay. Whew! Because that was dumb. It's... Well, I don't know how this idea is going to work out. It sounds like it could be cool, but uh, this is a, um, <laughs> I don't even want to say it now. This is a Battle Royal ladder match. A what? <laughs> they have they have people coming in at every, not a battle, like a Royal Rumble ladder match, my bad. They okay, because like they, 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 they usually have the casino Battle Royal. Battle Royal. Yes, and but since they can't go by the bat, the battle royal code, you can't have to make people in the ring, at, you know, at a time social mm-hmm. distancing. So they're going to do a ba- cas- casino battle royale, casino ladder match. And what? Yeah, they. I think they're gonna come in like every thirty seconds or every minute somebody new comes in. I think that's the rules. Correct me if I'm wrong. If y'all look it up, I think those are the rules. Wow. So it could be interesting. It could be not work. They're going to take a chance. Okay, well, if I think it will be smart that maybe every minute because it, it would be completely dumb to have have a superstar when there's only nine people in the match come out every 90, 90 seconds or two minutes. I would say every 30 seconds or every minute. 30 seconds seems maybe too fast, but it is a lot of match, so, you know. It is, I'm saying, but even if you do every minute, it's fine because if you have two people starting out in the ring, you, they're going to wrestle for one minute. You can wrestle for one minute. And then all of a sudden, you can do a... Uh, a, a the third person come in and make a triple threat. Then the fourth person, you know, they, they go bring the ladder. Then you got three people, so they, they, they're the ladder brawling. And then the, the fourth person, blah, 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 blah. The spots ain't going to start happening until we get to the, the, ninth, the ninth person. And what's going to yeah, happen which... is, let's see, Darby Allen's going to kill himself. He's going to do a coffin drop through the ladder. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coco Ban is going to be. Darby probably going to die. He is. Coco Ban is going to be the safe bumper. He's going to be like the one like. I, I I'll take a ladder shot, but I'm not doing nothing stupid. Uh, I don't think he. I think he takes like a uh, one of them bumps, like a cane bump from WrestleMania 25. Somebody dials on everybody. He's not even nowhere near it when he falls anyway. Exactly. You know you. <laughs> yeah. He said ain't nobody near, it, but he fall anyway. You know you're right. Uh, Orange Cassidy. I'm like, I I, I can see him su- surprising us. You know, Ray Phoenix is gonna do all the crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. He gonna do all the crazy I can shit. See, I can see Orange Cassidy like on a ladder, but just falls off. Like with his, you know what? Reaches, falls backwards. Falls backwards yeah. with his hands in his pocket. I, now I'm telling I you right now. I'm telling you right now. If I was going to do a spot where I'm going to be on top of the ladder and fall backwards with my hands in my pocket, if y'all motherfuckers don't catch me, 
Oh yeah, because they did not catch Ray Phoenix on Dynamite. Yeah. I'm just like, like a, 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 a moonsault, springboard moonsault from the ring to the outside. Nobody caught him. Yeah, or you know, like the Miz don't catch nobody. Like you remember what Mats is for? Like broke yeah. his back on Raw. Like what? Like Austin Theory well, caught him no way. It's it's so weird because but like he landed like he landed like two or three feet in front of them to where they were standing at. But you know, still some people will be able to rush and catch him mm-hmm. at exactly. the same time. Yeah. And, and remember when um, Sean did the moonsault on Tigger and Kane and yeah. that terrible crowd and, and, and nobody called him or oh, they gonna talk about that on part 3 of uh, last ride anyway um, and <laughs> Scorpio doing a moonsault what you think this is like, I'm not about to catch you Scorpion Sky and uh, Frank Kazarian is the ones that kind of shocked me a little bit I think Scorpio Sky because they've been building him up not sure about the Frank Kazarian thing yeah, and of course, Lucha Swords is going to be the powerhouse with Lucha Moves. Yeah, but uh, they have a ninth surprise entrant. Who, who do you think they'll be? Uh, do you think it's somebody who's new to AEW? Like, are they still signing people? I think they might be signing people to, like, I mean, they have enough money to sign people, of course, but <coughs> not every single body. But, uh,. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I've been hearing rumors of who people think it could be, but who like I, I don't Leo know. Rush? No, people saying like maybe Rusev. I heard Rusev also. Yeah, I mean, and we talk about just straight indie people. Uh, they can bring in like uh, somebody from New Japan or somebody. I, I'm not. I, I don't even know because everybody is not wrestling. This one person <coughs> could be from anywhere. And you know, sometimes they do cross promotion. Yeah, just to have this one person show up at their pay-per-view. So I have no idea. Or they could just be sure to be like Sunny Kiss. Nah, they won't do that. <laughs> they won't have this whole thing and be like, yeah, Peter Avalon, get him in there. No. <laughs> QT Marshall. <laughs> yeah, they not going to do that. If they do, because they know people going to be mad. So they can't just build up this ninth entry and it'd be like QT Marshall or somebody. Oh, man, you'd be pissed. <laughs> it cannot be. It can't be Marco Stud. It cannot be Pineapple Pete. It can't be. Uh, oh my Should God! Who else? It can't be. It can't be. No, it can't be Nakazawa. Nope. Uh, who else? It can't be none of the best friends other than Orange Cassidy. He said because he already in it. He said Michael Nakazawa. Whoa! Nope. I ain't trying all that oil on that ladder. Nope. It's not, <laughs> it's not gonna be none of them. You're right, you're right. If it is, I'm, I just wasted money, if it was. Cause okay, it's so. Going, it's going off right after that. Who's winning? If not the surprise entrant, then I would say um, Darby. Okay, I was thinking either between Darby Allen or Scorpio Sky. Mm, okay, Scorpio Sky. He is trying to push him, but. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know why <clears> I thought like this might be a money in the bank situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel that too. I mean, he could win I mean, the match and not, not necessarily win a championship. I'm saying it would be nice if they did have like a money in the bank because it's like double or nothing and you get like a briefcase kind of like this is deal or no deal or something. I don't know. Well, let's not bring that back. <clears throat> so. No, well, that already happened. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no disqualification, no count out match for the AEW Women's Championship. Nyla Rose taking on Hakaru Shida. Oh, you got it. All right. Okay. Yes. Yep. <coughs> All yeah, right. Yep. So, 
I think this should be an okay match. I think the no, disqualif- the no disqualification stipulation makes it more interesting. Like, obviously, they did a table spot on Dynamite, and uh, that kind of gave away that we're going to see tables, we're going to see candlesticks, we're going to see well, chairs. I think Nala Rose is, like, sitting at the thing as a table because every, every uh, Dynamite show or AEW show mm. I've been to, she pulls out a table after and smashes on somebody, so... Yeah, so you know, it could I'm be a thing. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think I think uh, she, she's going to give a a good effort, a great effort. But Nyla Rose retain that championship. Nyla Rose is going to have that belt until they find like a legit badass threat. And what I mean by uh, legit badass, threat, I mean like Oscar NXT, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Awesome Kong, Nia Jax type level stuff. I don't know. I don't. I'm, I mean. Let me just because I'm biased to Sheeta. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I mean, the story is like she stole her car. Her car. Sheeta's like Kendo stick. Yeah. And like now, her car got to fight to get it back. That's like a Joshi storyline. I feel like, mm-hmm. but um, I may have just biased to Sheeta. But if they if they do have Nyla win, of course, I don't think they they don't have nobody on the roster that can beat her. Mm-hmm. I feel like. If it's not Sheeta with her Kendo sticking weapons, I don't think it's nobody that can beat her. You're right. Uh, <clears throat> MJF with Warlow taking on Jungle Boy. Hey, look, Jungle Boy, it was nice knowing you while I was at it. Uh, I, I did not see the match between them. Well, you know, I'll get to that later. Uh, who wins, MJF or Jungle Boy? I'm going to say MJF. He, I don't think he has a pay-per-view win yet, so I think they give it to him. Yeah, I didn't give it to him. I don't think he don't have no like. And he has Warlow. So. Yes, and he don't have no noticeable rivalries at the point right now that anybody can screw him over. So I definitely. <laughs> uh, he, Marco Stunt. <laughs> she destroyed. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm still giving it to MJF on this one. Salt yeah. of the earth. That's how it's gonna be. Uh, so we have Cody with Arn Anderson and Brandy Rose. Too for- many people. And the pyro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about the dog. They gotta bring the dog. The, the, the American yep. Barker. And a truck with his logo on it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, and that white suit that comes off like Cesaro. You know, say all the stuff. Uh, yep. versus Lance Archer with Jake Roberts for the, 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 the tournament final to crown the inaugural AEW TNT. Championship. So this is basically their television title. Presented by Presented by Iron Mike Tyson. So first of all, question number one, does Mike Tyson get physical? I can see him not actually punching somebody. I can see him like getting an argument with like Jake the Snake or someone something like that. I think if Tyson... I would like to see Jake talk trash to Tyson and probably get a snake on him or something. I don't know. If... If... If uh, Mike Tyson actually, like, fake throw a punch at Jake, Jake Roberts, I think he, his heart gonna stop. Have you Especially seen Tyson... Tyson sp- now. Yep. yep. Like, Tyson sprawling now is scary. And I'm just like, is that so? If he if he like like how like fakes like he gonna throw a punch, and then Jake Rogers was gonna fall over dead. Like, oh no! I'm I'm surprised they ain't doing it with Jericho because every time he came back, he did something with Jericho. Exactly, but you know Jericho's in the main event, baby. Yeah, we'll talk about him later. But yeah, 
Exactly. So, I got Lance Archer winning this matchup. Cody does this all the time. He wins on TV all the time. He goes months without losing. He comes to the big the big match and loses. Did, did he not do that with his feud with MJF? He won all the show on TV. He did everything he was supposed to do. He even beat Warlow in a cage match. He even did that. And then... He, I think, but I think we knew... Cody's storylines are so weird, though. They are. All the time. Like, His storylines are made for the face to win at the end, and then they never do. And then you think they're going to go on, and they don't continue. It closed at all time. Even when he didn't, he, he didn't win the championship, or he did win championship from Nick Aldis. Uh, but that, that that was that was last year, stuff like that. Um, so it, it got to be Lance Archer. Do you you agree, right? I don't know. Like I felt for this last year, um, last time with him and MJF, because you know he MJF beat him up. He said you got to do all this. He said you trash. And Cody went in the match. And you and said, and, and he, he, first of all, he lost because he was dumb. Okay, but uh. <laughs> Uh, uh, Seseko, you you picked Cody to win that match against MJF. Uh, I think I did just because I was like he got to win because all the stuff they did to him. It's like this match, they put a snake on his wife, they beat her up almost, uh, beat her up, uh, mm. Britt uh, Brit Baker, and then they talk trash about it. It's like I'm I just saying that's like a face thing to win because you talked about mm. his wife and stuff, beat him up. Yeah. Beat her up. So you got Cody winning. I mean. If he don't win by roll up, then he ain't winning. So yeah, so Lance Archer it is. All right. So now we have talked about all the matches. It's time for the Stadium Stampede match, baby, featuring the Inner Circle, which consists of Chris Jericho, La Champion, Jake Hager, the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara. And Santana Ortiz, Pride of Power, which they don't even use that name no more. No, they, uh, that was never their tag name. Just, oh, yeah. taking on Matt Hardy and the Elite, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, and the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Now, this match is going to be a ring. I think it's only one ring set up at the 50-yard mm-hmm. line, which what I thought was, I thought they was going to have the War Games match right there in the 50-yard line, two rings in a cage right there. But no. Nah, State of Stampede, they going all over. They just have the ring there. Exactly. The ring, you just go all over them. So over. they're going all over the place. All over that football arena, which Primetime has had the fortune to be have been at. So, many of Sundays, many of L's. Yes. Bonk of shame is terrible. <laughs> you got people You got people that come from like Pittsburgh. Somebody, yeah. yeah, I traveled all this way just for y'all to lose. Talk trash all the way home. It's Ooh. terrible. Y'all missed Maurice Jones Drew, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> he said no. the same thing, run up the middle every time. So I see this match if Sammy Guevara is taking a golf cart uh bump <laughs> like he did and getting or hit, twist of fate. Or twist of fate, they're gonna go all over the place. Now the question is, I I don't know if they're gonna all take a partner and split up all over the place, or they're gonna try to keep stay all together. And fight. So I think it'll be. It might be two and two here, and then a one feud off. So I think they might keep like the young bucks together with maybe mm-hmm. proud and powerful, and then Hager and I don't know Omega and Hardy and Jericho. Gotcha. Okay, that, that makes sense. And Guevara and Hangman or something, you know. Yeah, exactly. 
So I think you know, everything. I would just would love to see. All I'm caring about is you know what I don't care who's going to win because in my opinion, inner circle wins. First of all, it's not even a full elite. So uh, I think inner circle wins here, and because I think uh, the elite get their win back whenever they had a war games match. But I think right now the inner circle wins because the the numbers advantage will probably come up, and I I just want to see because AEW look. I don't care what anybody says. Even Chris Jericho mentioned it. When wrestling is in competition with each other, they take the time to study each other. And they know that this is their answer for the corporate headquarters Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't care what anybody says. This is AEW's answer to the Money in the Bank ladder match at WWE headquarters. Because... They know that was a brilliant idea, so they're going to try to top that. And that's why it's a false count anywhere, all over the arena, all over, and even the arena, all over the stadium. So that way, he said, "Look, you you, you had a ten story building to walk through, so we, we're going to have a stadium." I really think I, I just want to see the, the surprise stunts and things that they pull out. Just to, somebody's somebody's diving in in that pool. And you should have a pool, so yeah. Two pools. Somebody <coughs> is going in off the diving board into the pool. I feel like they why you have to take a spot off the off the pool. You have to. I feel like I agree. And it's in, it's May. It, it's it's warm down in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah, you, you just got to do it. So I have the inner circle winning. You have what? I have the inner circle winning only because you look good on TV. You lose on the pay per view. So you're right. Uh, hey, you're absolutely right. So, Inner Circle got some win here. Last match, I thought, I thought that was the last match I forgot about. For the AEW World Championship, John Moxley takes on Mr. Brody Lee. Oh, so, no. so um, that, that we know Brody Lee has Moxley's title. And Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose have had some good matches in WWE. But now, they are two different characters, Brody Lee and... Uh, John Moxley. This John is not. This Moxley. is not a hardcore style match because we have enough of those on this on this list on this match card. So, for a regular singles match, how do you think it's going to be? Um, I think. See, uh, Harper, not Harper. Brody Lee's past matches have been. Um, I don't know if he's just been scared to hit him. I don't know. He, he has not been snug. I say. I'm pretty sure Ambrose or, excuse me, Moxley, he'll be more snug. He'll be more, like, willing to hit him and not, like, you know, if you're a big guy like that, you're probably scared to hurt somebody when, you throw, when you're close, you're finished at the clothesline. Yeah. But um, I think I think the match would be solid. I think they'll, they'll, they'll pull, pull out a good match. Yeah. I, I do think – oh, my bad. You, you go. No, I'm saying I don't think this is going to be my match of the night, but I think it's going to be no, a solid match. of course match. not. You got the Young Bucks in a in a stampede match all over the stadium. That's yeah. not nothing is getting close. <laughs> Maybe the ladder match. Maybe the ladder match. Yeah. Sorry, but. Maybe the because you know Cody's all stories. So I'm just like, well, we know they ain't gonna be the one. <laughs> Cody's a 45 minute bloodbath. <laughs> but go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know if they get Brody to lost this soon or if they have Dean Lou. Uh, John Watson loses championship this soon. I can see like uh, Stu Grayson and uh, and uh, the other dude, uh, Evil Uno, come yeah. back and 
probably cost Mark Lee the title. I can see that. You know, I, I was just about to ask you, because you know how I feel about the Dark Order. Screw the Dark Order. But <laughs> yeah. that's how I feel about the Dark Order. But the thing is, I was like, where is Stu Grayson and Evil Uno? Because they are not one through ten. No, they are not. They are they are the leaders of one of ten, I feel like. Yeah, and, and so I'm like I guess I'm like, did, did they did they get injured? Is it storyline? Did they, they push out of command? Are they coming back to attack Brody Lee? Like what's happening? I think this is more like a maybe a cult thing, but they not they listen to Brody Lee, but they still I feel like are over one through ten, I think. Okay. Well, whatever. Okay. Well, yeah, well, you know how I feel, Christopher Daniels. Screw the Dark Order. <laughs> so, I will always say that. But guys, that was our AEW Double and Nothing predictions. So, hopefully, I will treat myself to order pay per view and then me and Prime and go back and give our review of the pay per view of uh, Saturday night. So, uh, let's go on here to some other things we got to talk about. So, I have a sketch joining me. For these, for this next couple, couple topics coming up, we had to talk about a former WWE wrestler, your boy Primetime Humberto. De- <laughs> I can't roll it. Don't. I don't know why everybody that does something bad has to be my boy. <laughs> I don't know. It's easy to say it that way. Oh, the last time, because last, outro, last time why. we did Joe Cornette. Yeah, uh, what? Because <laughs> you still outros. <laughs> So right. yes, and once again, hey, that, that, that's my soon-to-be one-year-old daughter. Y'all may hear in the background as well. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh God! You know, I'm, I'm spraying the air. <laughs> Just I'm spraying the air. It's a hot day. Mm-hmm. Keep all those germs to yourself. Exactly. Girl. So, uh, Humberto Del Rio was charged with sexual assault, uh, an alleged story that grows more gruesome with more charges and allegations emerge. Now, this happened Saturday, May night. We didn't talk about this for, for uh, last week's podcast, which I thought we was going to talk about. We never got to it. We don't talk about it. We now. didn't want to. Nah, I'm we, we kind of, but you know what? The stuff that has come out, you got to hear the shit. Is it worse than when we initially heard it? I think so, because I didn't hear this stuff. Okay. It says NBC News uh, 4 in San Antonio lists horrific details based on uh, affiliate of the 42 year old former top star. Oh. And, um,. The most recent incident took place on May 3rd when Rodriguez accused the victim of being unfaithful, said the reporter for investigation. So, this is what uh, supposedly happened. She claimed he became angry when she wouldn't admit admit to the infidelity. So, he slapped her across the head, slapped her again, then took her to his downstairs bedroom Slapped her eight more times. This is this is all her I account. All According to arrest reports, the victim alleged uh, alleged he then made her put on a dress and dance for him, but she refused, prompting him to warn her not to cry or he'll take her son and drop him off in the middle of the road somewhere. Sir, what? Well, sound like a Jim Cornette Jr. Jeez. Right. Police said Rodriguez then tied uh, then tied the woman's uh, hands with boxing straps, put a sock in her mouth, and sexually assaulted her for several hours. What? Using various objects. Oh my 
my God. According to the investigation, he also punched her in the back during the assault, causing visible injuries. The victim told detectives she does not remember much after he placed his hand around her throat. That is much worse than what we initially read. It, that's why I said we have to talk about this, Joe. Oh, no. Because at first, I all I heard was he told her, he asked her something, then slapped her, and then said, put on a dress and dance with me, or I'm going to drop your kid somewhere. And I was like, that's horrible in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But all that extra, what the, what's wrong with him? You know, uh, Vince McMahon, I just told Lady Sketch this. And she didn't believe me at first. Well, she, she believed believe me, you. but she was just like, I know that's what he said. Now, you heard a report that Vince Man is not doing business with two people. <laughs> and them two people are... <laughs> say it for you, Prime Time. Uh, I'll say that, but uh, they're real, El Patron, or whatever. Yeah. And, and the second one, I don't know. Is Joe Cornette? No. I don't know. CM, CM Punk. Nah, I feel like he'll... Yes. So... Come on. Here's the thing. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, this man's crazy. And this is like the first time... I told y'all he was crazy. He said the first time he's been in a new story like this. I don't think she was credible enough to tell us that. I mean, I tend to believe women unless they give me a reason not to or like something comes out and they lying. Like the Johnny Depp thing. She said this man was nuts and I already thought it was something off about the whole situation because she's like young enough to be his kid. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like usually in situations like that where they you know the the there's a big age gap and then the person comes out and was like they did x y and z they chose that young girl for a reason because they they knew they was about about to do some dirt so i just what so what the, the hell the, the thing is they was building a brother to be the next top mexican star they had Ray Mysterio put him over, and the, the guy had a good look. And the thing is, Alberto Del Rio is a is a good wrestler, you know. But uh, it just until he started uh, relying on that one jump on you moves. Yeah, but then you Don't know, then it, it seemed like so he uh, left WWE for allegedly saying that that uh, somebody made a, a racist remark towards him back in 2014. Went to Impact Wrestling. Every night after the main event in his match, he got on a microphone to be raped. W. Part time. I remember that. He says, "Time talking about was, that company." Like he was like drunk every 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 night. He might have been on the stuff. He might be on the stuff now. Yes. Then he came back in 2015 uh, to to face John Cena for the U.S. Open Challenge at Hell in a Cell. They brought him back after that. Did, uh, did, did it's they all kind of fuzzy. In yeah, he was in uh, League of Nations with, with yeah. Wade there and Sheamus. Exactly. Oh, and then all of a sudden, he left again in uh, 2017 because he had that problem with Page and, uh, Page and then there was the, the battery thing that was going on with that. And then um, Page came back. Alberto didn't. And then once again, he has just been on a downward spiral ever since. Ever since then, and I'm like, this. <laughs> Somebody actually said that he said this is quickly trending towards becoming a future subject of 
Vice's Dark Side of the Ring. Got to be. Because <laughs> got to be. It got to be the There's fall of be, the Mexican Aristocat, a birth of the real. It's going to be in a birth of the real episode on Dark Side of the Ring in probably like season four. Season four, five. I feel like I feel like season three we get like a whole we get like ten episodes of this with man. <laughs> I feel Wait, at this point you've got enough material. Yo, could we get a hey? I'm sorry for, for the beta background, but look, can we can can we pitch a Dark Side of the Ring season three, to, like, like the Last Dance, a ten episode series on Vince McMahon? Bro, he was Sue Vice and shut the whole the whole channel down. But well, we seen it though, so be the <laughs> long as we seen it and they shut it down like it's in our heads. We know, we know everything. So after hearing this news and hearing it differently, uh, comments. Fuck boy. I mean, I hope they throw him under the jail. Well, OJ? Because OJ, OJ found a way to get out. <laughs> Listen. They finna throw this man in jail. If he get out of jail, I'll be shot. Mm. Okay, alright, alright. We're gonna, we're gonna exit. Okay. How about you, Prime? I have no words. No. Did, did you hear all this stuff last time? I I read that a long time ago. Whenever it first happened. Whenever they had just came out, I, I had read it. But uh, I I don't know. Wow. Yeah, this is... After he, after he left Impact and he started doing the stuff with Paige and then there was stuff coming out like every week that him and Paige was like fighting or something, I was like, I don't really care anymore. I just... All I'm gonna say is like, I don't, he deserves whatever he get. Yeah, I don't have nothing to say. Like, I'm I nothing. Well, I mean, I, I got you, but there's something that I know that you probably do have something to say about. This past week's season finale of Dark Side of the Ring. Hmm. All right, do we have to put a disclaimer or something? Um, I wouldn't know what the disclaimer should be. But this is talking about the the tragic last days of Owen Hart. Uh, look, I mean, we're going to give our opinions, and once again, these are the opinions of Nerd Coalition, not anybody else's. Okay, so I'm saying, and you know, I'm not going. We, we, we're not going to try to do anything to stir up the pot or piss people off or anything like that. But we're going to give our straight opinions on what we think. You know, this thing is and. Uh, Automatically off the back, primetime, your thoughts on the episode. Just real quick before we dig dig into it. It was a very good episode. I think they could have did like a part two. Even they even uploaded like deleted scenes from the from from this that didn't make it. I thought that that could have been added in there as well. Yeah, because you know, see, see how they do at Dark Side After Dark the next week now for some reason. Cause I yeah, miss... cause they got like a little news show or whatever. Come exactly, on. man. All you, all you talk, talk about is you know, you know, the virus. Uh, they sketch your opinions of the episode, just the overall episode. Um, I also thought it could have been a two-parter. Um, it was, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned some stuff I didn't know. Uh, that I I don't want to get too deep. So okay. I agree, Profile. I thought it was a really well done episode, 
and I thought that it, it it needed a second part because I don't think I only think in my personal opinion y'all can tell me if I was wrong I think only half the story was told yeah maybe cause like we was on like on that first commercial break we was already on the blue blazer that first commercial break yeah and I, I, I really think half the story was told and, and what I mean by half the story like you obviously can't get any of the horses they're all dead except for Brett Brett's under a WWE contract he can't you know, talk on Vice and stuff like that. Neither. Huh? Why can't he? I could swear he did. He did the Montreal screw job. Did they something change? Well, actually, actually, I don't think he, um, I don't think he likes those guys anymore. What, the Dark Side of the Ring guys? Yeah, they said after, after their episode, he, um, he didn't like that they had, um, I think Scott Hall in the episode. I think. You know, Brett's petty too. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. Brett's petty and takes it very seriously. So, uh, I, I but I really think as though that half the story was told, mm-hmm. and I don't think that you know that there was no, there was no peers of own heart, yeah, to talk about anything. And I felt as though that was except Godfather. Except except Godfather, D'Lo Brown was in there. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, there was no McFoley. There was no Mark Henry. There was no Bret Hart. And they had Mick Foley in the last one. So yeah, in, in, the, in the UWF one, there there was no uh, Jeff Jarrett. There was no uh, well, Jeff Jarrett's on the contract, so I understand that. I, I mean, exactly. I, I, I understand. Mean, I think at this point, just keep people under contract so they can just be like, "All right, so this is what you can't do." <laughs> they definitely keep it well regal for that Benoit stuff, whatever he know. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, obviously, the show starts off. We get a brief run of Owen being the youngest of the Hart family. For those who don't know, the Hearts in wrestling is like, like it was too brief, though. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's what I was saying. It was, it was one side, but we we better get into all them gritty details. Uh, it, for for people that don't know, it's the Hearts to wrestling is what the Jacksons are to music. Okay, they, they are the famous family. There's plenty of families in music, but there's one famous family in music, and that's the Jacksons. And that's how it is with wrestling. There's plenty of famous families in wrestling, but the famous family is the Hearts. And they the one that everybody wrestles, basically. Or exactly. Just like the Jacksons. Everybody sings, or it should be, but they do. Uh, but Owen was being the youngest of them all. He's the mm-hmm. Yes, he's, he's the Janet Jackson of the family. He, he was the youngest of them all, he was the baby. And uh, uh, just real quick, are you guys familiar with any of the other hearts? Yeah, so I I am familiar. You know, there's Bruce Hart, there's Keith Hart, there's Bre- <laughs> there's Bret Hart, and of course you got the extended family of Jim Nighart, Davy Boy, and you know, and, and there's just stuff like that. It's like God was ten, thirteen. Tell me too, right? Or am I just tripping? You said who? Just in the in the group. Who? Who? Tell me. Pillman was in the group, but Pillman had no relation to the Hart family, though. Why am I thinking he was married to Nate Owl? You know what? You know what? We, we probably should look it up. Just probably say, just Google it. Because you know what? Because I was like, because uh, then you can't put Brian Pillman in there because you know because all all the daughters married wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, so uh, maybe Brian Pillman's, you know, uh, you know his his wife. Let's see. Uh, Oh, he was trained by Stu Hart. Okay. Okay. So, so he's 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 a dungeon survivor. Yes. And so, if you if you're a dungeon survivor, then yeah, because 
people like that, Jericho, Benoit, Malenko, Mark Henry, all those are dungeon survivors. So Tyson Kidd, Tyson Kidd, the last uh, member. Yeah, yeah, the last member of the dungeon. So he got hooked up. That poor man got hooked up with Natty somehow. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, mean, like, I think they've been together since they was like 15. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been a while. Like, you need a brother for this. Anyway. Stop. Uh, <laughs> is it, I need to hear about that. So, uh, like I said, they, they give a brief run about his, his run in, 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 in uh, what was it, Spokey, Stampede Wrestling that yeah, uh, Stu uh, Hart owned Stampede. and how athletic he was and then how he did the Blue Blazer gimmick, then how he came into the WWE, Brett put him over at WrestleMania 10, and then he started getting accomplishments like, you know, King of the Ring. And then all of a sudden, bam, we're in 1999. That's how fast his wrestling part was. His wrestling part in that documentary, they gave about 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they gave it that. And for, for everything, and I, I mean, if I'm counting the commercial, uh, for everything that Owen Hart has done in the wrestling business, I really felt as though that that was unfair, mm-hmm. and I felt as though like you ever said, it, it wasn't like this man was no scrub. Like he had no highlights or no accomplishments. This man was the king of the ring. This man was a tag team champion. This man uh, was you know his famous angle. See the the things that I want to know now. Obviously, we got to get to the death of my heart, mm-hmm. but this is why I needed two parts mm-hmm. because but you to see uh, Owen said I just broke your neck. Yeah, because see, they didn't get into that stuff because all they mentioned was it's the attitude error. And oh, they didn't Owen, get into uh, him kicking his brother's leg from his leg. Exactly. And they were saying it's the attitude error. Owen did not go with the attitude error. He didn't want to have an affair on screen affair with, with Deborah McMichael so that he didn't want to like he was cheating on his wife. So they didn't have a place for him in the attitude error at all. And then all of a sudden, the Blue Blazer come back. And I'm like, the Blue Blazer ain't come back till late 98. Because I'm like, in the Attitude Era, you had uh, you had the Heart Foundation. They got rid of Brett. And then they had the whole Stone Cold, Broke Your Neck, Owen 316. They had him join the nation. That was they had, such a weird thing. I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm like, so it, it, it was trying... It was trying to remember he had his his feud with Ken Sharrock in the Lions. Then I'm like, there were so many things that they tried to do with Owen Hart that just didn't you know kind of work. And they, then, they had a match at the 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 thing too, the Hart uh, thing too, the dungeon. Uh huh. Exactly. You know, and, and, and then on top of that, it didn't talk about you know basically uh, Stu Hart or any any of the Hart family period at all. So. She says that, okay, they didn't have a place for him in the there. So basically, you know, he was kind of fed up and he, he, he was done with wrestling. This is what his family's making a scene of what how they were presenting the story. So then we he get probably to... Was done, like, he probably was just like, hey, I'm going to be my family now. Yeah, I, I, I get that. So, I'm saying, so then we get to Over the Edge of May 23rd, 1999. I now... Prime, you wasn't watching wrestling. Now, according to what you nope. told me, you wasn't watching wrestling nope. at this time, right? Nope. Okay. I was. I remember because me, I ordered my first wrestling pay-per-view, uh, WrestleMania 15, which was two months ago. So then we watched, me and my sister watched all the highlights lead up to Over the Edge. We was like, okay, Triple H smashed the rock in the casket. I want to see the rock versus Triple H. Under, Ministry Undertaker versus Stone Cold 
I want to see that match. I want to see the return of Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown go against X-Pac and Kane. I, over the Edge had those matches to the point where we begged my mom to get over the Edge. She got it. She was working late that night. So we watched Over the Edge. You know, obviously we get, uh, you know, uh, the tag team match out the way, which didn't end like I wanted to end. But, uh, you know, and then we was just we was watching the matchup. And then, with, with with all that being said, uh, we get a a long uh, title card of Godfather versus the Blue Blazer. Now, once again, I wasn't familiar with you know Stampede Wrestling, and then on top of that, the the whole gimmicks they used, it was like I was like, that's kind of on heart, right? <laughs> you know, say like. Why is he do, Why is he doing this whole thing? But the the title card still in there for a long time, and I was just like, and then they they played kind of like you know his interview from earlier in the night, and I'm like, let's just get on with the it's Blue Blazer versus Godfather. There's does not need to be this much build up for Blue Blazer versus the Godfather. That's how I, I uh I felt. And then they come back, and the same footage that they show in the documentary is what I saw. With Jim Ross here talking about, you know, there's things that's real in life and then the Owen Hart has had an accident. And I'm like, what's going on? And then Ken comes back to the table. I remember him saying, it don't look good. And me being 11, it's not processing. It really is not processing what's going on. So now I like how they told the story in Dark Side of the Ring where they got the original referee back. And they told him, he said he was just clean up the side of the ring. And then he just felt this brush. And he just felt the ropes just like leave his hand. And then uh, he said he thought he heard something. People have confirmed in the crowd that Owen was screaming for him. How, to make... how, can, you, how can you confirm this? I, look, I'm not saying. I'm only going by the, the reports I hear. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. Who's telling the truth or who's not telling the truth? Be honest with you, I, I don't know. But it's just like that's the only part I was kind of skeptical about. I mean, but it's like this: could you put it past Owen Hart to say, "Look out to to, to the"? Because look, if you're falling down from that high and you see the ref is right there, you're like, okay, do do, do I take him with me? I mean, how can you see anything falling from that high that fast? You're I mean, just... you've fallen. What's he? What he's supposed to be like, Geronimo? Like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Saying... I, I'm, no, I'm saying like, I'm just saying like, you probably he probably was like, probably passed out on the way. Who knows? No, he didn't fall know. from that high. You're not falling from that high. You know, okay. If you're look, believe it or not, this is kind of weird. But I did a study on falling. But I'm saying, if you're falling from a, a height of seventy feet. You're, you're not falling from no matter how heavy you are, you're not falling at a fast enough rate for okay. a heart attack or a pass out to happen. You're not. You're only doing that if if uh if you're falling from heights of double digit feet. If you're falling from like sixteen hundred feet, fourteen hundred feet, that's right there is when you when the air and all the pockets of the blood clot start, and that heart attack comes, and you pass out. That's like a, a skydiver jumping with no parachute. They just go up there to die. It's like 
even you know I don't want to even bring this up, but even people at nine eleven who who jumped from the buildings, they didn't pass out. They was they was alive until they hit the ground. Okay. Because I'm saying that because even now the height they were at, you, they're at a height of about twelve hundred feet. You know what I'm saying, or even a thousand feet. So still, the human body is still alive. So he, he only falling from seventy feet. Yeah. So. He's falling. He's going to get injured. But when he hit that turnbuckle is what really kind of killed him. And it's just like, if you're falling, you see what you, you see. Because, look, they showed the police photos. Mm-hmm. You, you can see. You look down. It's like it's a long way down. But I can clearly see the ring. Yeah, it's not like it's fuzzy or. It's not fuzzy. I can clearly see the ring. I can clearly see the guy there. So if he's falling, a guy like Owen Hart. Now, if you sit there and told me that, it, 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 you know, uh, I don't know. You know, God forbid, like you know, Hulk the Hulk, yeah, well, Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're telling me a guy like Hulk Hogan is for Hulk Hogan, like, no, you coming with me? So, okay, you come with me, brother. Break my, break my fall, brother. Like, Holsters in heaven. Not funny. We're not joking yeah. about this. It's yeah, not a funny situation. It's not a funny situation at all. all I'm sorry, right. but I don't think it's so far fetched that he could have said, "Look out." And because say. If he was telling, I've got the referee's name. If Jimmy was, Cordes. Yeah, Jimmy Cordes. If he was telling him, "Look out, get out the way," it's not so far fetched that people heard him say that. And then once again, you got all them execs and all those W personnel who were in that crowd at that time, also who are people are asking him a question. They probably say, "I heard him say this. I heard him say this." So that's how that word got around. So it's not that far fetched. Ouch. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So he falls, he, he hits it, and then uh, they uh, take him to the back. And then. Just real quick. Yeah. Uh, do you know, like, I, I used to deep dive on the web a lot of times. Like, you know, a lot of videos, people used to, um, they used to, like, try to figure out, like, put, like, a one heart video, and they'll put, like, Say they put like him going up that one time he did as the blue blazer where he was in the yeah, harness, uh-huh. and then like they'll do like the new Jack video where he threw him off the, the scaffold. Exactly, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've seen those videos. Yeah, I've seen those videos. They're very what tasteless. What people? What people tasteless people? So yeah, but I, I've seen the exact videos. Prime is talking about. That doesn't make sense. Uh, so they went to the back, and then Godfather is looking at you know he said he was like he just looked blue, and then. Dilo was just like that's not a sight that I would want to see again and then um, he was he was dead before he left the ring yeah you know and uh, they just didn't want to crack that news just yet mm-hmm. you know because there's still live pay review and everything like that and then they uh, Kevin Dunn tells JR Owen died and we are alive in 10 9 I'm like, how does it? What? How do you process that as a human? Because it's not just a, a expendable wrestler. This is a friend of mine, a coworker of mine. Yeah. And then and he, anybody that's weird to it be is. like, hey, so somebody just died. You got ten seconds. Like, exactly. That's a, I don't, and, I don't, that was kind of a lack of communication. I felt like it, it was. On and the, on top on of that, part. we didn't find out about Owen Hart dying. Until the Billy Gunn versus Road Dog match, so they really yeah. had them. They knew he was dead. 
sent them out there to wrestle with it. So, yeah, because it still had almost blood on the ring and the dent in the wood mm-hmm. of where it fell. So people, when you when you get to that part, you like, I this is where Owen hit. That's that's just my my, my brain's fucked thinking about that. Because the next match was that Nicole Bash, Val Venus, Deborah, Jeff Jarrett match. And I remember Jeff Jarrett cut, cut that emotional promo. Then they had mm-hmm. the match. And everybody was like, we, we praying and for you, And they were tag partners, too. Yeah. Exactly. Talk about, so we praying for you, Owen. And things like that. But And then when J.R. King came back, and then they announced that Owen Hart has died. I, I just couldn't. I, I, I really, at that point, could not believe it. At that point, watch, I, I couldn't believe it. I think my sister was in shock. And I cried a little bit. And I was just like, Owen Hart just died. And at that, when I was, I was like, and I watched it. Almost felt guilty. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch the thing happen. Yeah. But I was watching Over the Edge. And the, that was the last review I think I ordered that year. Until, until like, SummerSlam. Mm. Um, and then, no, honestly, I'm trying to, did I go to SummerSlam? I don't know. So, so like two months later. Yeah, it was, so like that year until summer. May, June, July, August. It's about about a good three months. So, but uh, and then I remember my mom was working late. So after the pay per view went off, because first of all, I was surprised. I was like, so the show's still going on. Yeah. And did they, they, they did they even tell the people in the crowd though? But on her day? No, I don't think the people in the crowd knew. Just on because it's like you, you don't hear the commentary, so you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Exactly. So I I don't think the people in the I'm crowd. Sure knew. The people in the crowd probably knew though. In 2020, everybody would have knew. Everybody would know. Yeah. But I'm just saying because uh, but they probably would have been on videos. So. But but see, but back then, everybody probably left talking about some. Oh man, well, I hope on hearts all right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. A uh, uh, kind of thing, but the people at home were the ones that got the news, and then of course. <laughs> We got to do so, but by the time everybody got home, everybody knew because it was all over the news. Yeah, and this is a, this is a, this is like the first wrestling big thing that happened that was literally all over the news, everywhere. My dad was like, "Did you hear about the wrestler that fell yesterday?" I was just like, "Yeah, it was on heart." And then my mom even came home and was just like, uh, "Who fell?" Like it, it was everywhere, and you know it was it was very sad. Uh, they said um, Brett and Martha went in there, and uh, she. Well, for, first of all, she got the phone call from Vince, and Vince was just like, "I need to speak to Martha now." For those who heard Owen Hart's stories, see, this is what I mean by it would it would benefit from a longer part. But, uh, I'm gonna ask you, ladies, because do you know that Owen's a prankster? I've heard it from um, like his peers and yeah. other things that, where they talk about him. Yeah. But not from that that show. But I'm just saying, oh, but he is a notorious prankster. Notorious. I mean, in the on live TV prankster. Okay, that, that's what he is. Oh, he, he and, did you hear the D'Lo Brown story? Which one? The one he talking about Owen pranking him in the ring. No, no, no. Which which one was that one? Oh, I got, I got to tell this real quick. He was saying he was in the ring for some reason. He was nervous against Owen. Yeah. So Owen, he said he told they locked up. He told Owen that I'm stiff. I'm kind of nervous. Owen uh, put him in a snack mirror, headlock, put him in the headlock, told him look at his shoe, and his shoe was untied. He was like, well, I thought I'd tie my shoe. He got him up, snap mirror, headlock again. He said, look at your other shoe. His other shoe was untied. He said, oh, that's kind of weird. Snap mirror, lock him up again. He said, now look at the rail shoe. The rail shoe was untied. 
So then he said, all right, I feel kind of loose now, so we can actually wrestle. Well, I just, uh, I don't know how he did it, but I, like, that was a good story for D-Lo telling you. Oh, no, because cool. Owen would have times when he would call and act like other people because you do impressions and would act like somebody else. Uh-huh. And I remember, yeah. what, what was that Razor Ramon story he told him to do? Because he was like, he was at the hotel room and he was calling like I was visiting. He needed this me and he kept making Razor come down the steps all hours of the night. <laughs> I heard stories like that. Yeah. I also heard yeah. him, like, him like calling people at 3 a.m. talking about they didn't pay their hotel bill. Yeah. Now now they go, they, they go call the police if you don't come down to uh, the lobby at 3 a.m. in the morning so they coming down mad at the clerk and he don't have no idea <laughs> what they're talking about. <laughs> he, he, he would straight fuck with people like that. On a, on, yeah. on, on a very high level. And then, so when she called and said that, you know, uh, it was Vince McMahon, she thought it was Owen playing the prank. And then she said, uh, Just one question. Do, yeah. Does she not watch the product? Apparently not. While her husband is Owen? <laughs> no. From every, Even the kids? I, from I was on the kids who want to watch. No, from all accounts, it sounds like. She shielded them from wrestling because she thought the Attitude Era was too much for children. And she wasn't a fan of wrestling in the first place. Which is why one of the reasons why I, I my personal belief, I think that's one of the reasons why the Hearts didn't like her. Yeah, how you not re- like wrestling? You wrestle, you literally married in a family full of 12 wrestlers plus extra. Yeah, uh, uh, so... Um, <clears throat> And he said, no, uh, you need to get down here. Owens had an accident. He said, what kind of accident? And then he said, you need to get down here. So Vince wasn't giving her no details. Vince knew. So uh, then she got another oh, How did she find out? She, got another, she said the, call, the doctor called her. The doctor called her. Yeah, the doctor called her and told her that, you know, she said he, he, he was beating around the bush. And she said, can we just get to the end? And he said, your husband has died. He's died from the fall. So she got very hysterical. And then her son was over at a neighbor's house. She said, your mom was crying. Like, no, he said he was in the basement. Hey, he said, basement. I didn't even know nothing about it. I was playing with a train. I'm he like, was. He was playing with a train. And then he came up. And then he was just like, man, uh, 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 he said, mom crying. And mom had to get him and his sister up there and let him know that their dad died. And then they, you know, they all cried again. And, they got and they, he said, that night, they all slept in the bed together. And then he said, I was trying to hear my mom, you know, sniffling and everything like that. But she said, I don't think... None of us got. Uh, well, them two. The baby didn't know. Yeah, the baby didn't know. Say, but yeah, they, they, they didn't get no sleep. So then we go into the whole case thing, like you know. So they go into the fu- the funeral. Brett is there to you know to go view the body, and she said, you know, Owen's hair looked the same, which made her you know calm her down a little bit because she like collapsed once they opened the door, and, and you know Brett was right there with her, and then you know they showed the funeral of how people came and they. It, it, it it was so so many people came and they had to broadcast on the outside. Mm-hmm. So many people came. And they so. used they use a audio <coughs> from, from the actual funeral sound like exactly. Yeah. And she already said she said I have no bitterness, you know, but there will be a day of reckoning. That right there, hell has no fury. She has made it her mission. And I'm talking about to this day, she has made it her mission uh, yes, to take has. down Vince McMahon. That's her that is her life's, long, life's goal. That's her life's work. She will not be complete. She Martha Hart 
will not leave this earth until WWE is destroyed. Put I, that on the list next to Jim Cornette pissing on uh, Vince Russo's grave. It's a real thing. And I'm, I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, so she she took them up. She said she just had to know. Took the kids up to the catwalk. I don't know if I would take the kids up there. I don't know if I would take my kids up there. But, you know, dude, I mean, I, I can't tell nobody how to grieve, so. And, yeah, he, and, and then O's was like, I, I can't believe how high it was. I was just like, my God. They showed the police photos of it. And I was like, okay, we I see police photos. She, she showed the harness. And the harness was bullshit. Mm-hmm. That quick release harness. And the whole thing, you like know, I said, was. This uh, whole thing, I got so nervous when she said, the first time I seen the clip, I said, clip? What clip she talking about? I thought she talking about the actual clip for it. She was talking about the, the harness clip. Yeah, that was what she meant. And then. He and then uh so because they uh on was on his way back and then a representative of W call said we need on to come back because we need to get his measurements for this harness and she said he he was just there but then they got new people this was not the people that had worked on on before I on think they, stuff. they probably they probably um they probably asked him to do it first and he was like nah I do it later. Well, That's probably said, what it was. They said that they asked him to do it, and he was kind of hesitant about doing the like doing it anyway. Yeah. So he kept trying to put it off because uh, apparently in the police report he was supposed to have the whoever the I, I don't remember the name but the yeah. mini blue blazer uh huh was supposed to be strapped to him. Oh wow! So and that was in the actual police report that he was supposed to have another person, and he said no, 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 I don't want to do all of like I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want us to do that. So they scrapped that idea. And he apparently went through like the rehearsal and the fitting and stuff. And then, but they, it sounds like they cheaped out on having like a professional, like someone who really does this for a living there to fit him and do actual run throughs. Uh, just, I just, I just have a quick question. Mm-hmm. Even though they probably are a million dollar company, uh, do you think that they could have just asked these people if they know how to do it and the people could have just lied to them if there was no really way how to prove it back then in the 99 or it's a possibility it's a, it's a, it's a strong possibility because like I said things have changed it's going to sound weird but things have changed since post, post 9-11 mm-hmm. security and things and some of that has really changed and then now we're about to live in an era where things are going to change post corona you know, that's, that's, that's how it's how it's going to be. So there's always these different post things that happen after a world changing event, and it, it it could have been a possibility. You see how you know obviously the mass transit incident happened in ECW. It shouldn't have happened, but you know it it, it got passed, and, and, and this is probably a way for Vince to be like because he said they wanted to quickly so they could do like a comedy like, like him fall in the ring when he he was about you know like. 10, 15 feet above the ring and just drop down. You know, saying like, like like a comedy type thing because they they were spoofing Sting from WCW, and Sting had that whole thing where he came down and kind of like, like uh, Sting's on was too quick. I felt like like he didn't even get a chance to land first. Yeah, you know, Sting's was quick, but then you know Sting also like unbuckled from the front. You know, mm-hmm. Blue Blazers yeah, Sting kinda, just like click click and he gone. Yeah, yeah, like Blue Blazers like coming out like a superhero, and then they said they didn't want to use the old one because it looked too bulky, it was so clumsy and clunky and whatever. But yeah, but then y'all want him to look clumsy and clunky as a character. Th- that's that's the same thing I was saying. I was like, the character is clumsy and clunky in the first place. 
So what's the, you know what's the what's the difference? So uh, at the beginning, she said that Brett was there for her and helped her make her make it through. You know the death of Owen because you know Brett was going to do some things to that. That's just, that's a little bro, mm-hmm. you know, close with. So um, I don't know if y'all seen that promo he cut on uh, WCW when it first happened, but that yeah, was, I did. Because uh, that's yeah. just the match you had with Voldemort, right? I didn't see it. Uh, I don't. I ain't seen the match. I just seen the promo. Okay, yeah. So um, now here is the other stuff that I read up on. This is what Martha Hart said that the reason why her and Bret Hart's relationship deteriorated. deteriorated. So Bret Hart was all for her suing WWE. You know Bret don't give a shit. Okay, especially at that time before post uh, pre uh, Hall of Fame and coming back. Exactly, Bret don't what take Vince down. Okay, because we only two years after the screw job. Mm-hmm. So, but <clears throat> what Bret wanted was Bret wanted his royalties, or he wanted his video rights because Bret wanted all his video rights. Because he didn't want what the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior was. If you, if you remember that DVD. So he wanted all his yeah. rights in the, in the settlement also. Martha said no. So... I mean, again, sir, this is not the time. <laughs> I mean... It's time place for that, sir. Bret is petty. He don't care where he can do it at. He'll yeah. do it. And I I agree. I was just like I I felt as though that was not the time or place to probably you know to do that. That's tacky, Brett. Tacky. So she said that was the one the one fractures. But then it was um in 2006, Brett got his right his video rights back, and they made that that proper Bret Hart documentary that that was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Hitman? I forgot what it was called. Uh, but I have it on DVD. It, I, it's probably on W Network. Uh, and then he got all his video rights, and then he put him in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Martha Fozo, that was a slap in the face. Because he went back to that company that killed his brother. He went back to that devil who killed his brother. And she said, I created the Owen Hart Foundation because, you know, because WWE will never be able to profit off my husband's name after they killed him. That's her Can I ask a question, though? Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just public knowledge. Before this documentary, did any of y'all know what the Owen Hart Foundation was? I knew what the Owen Hart Foundation was, but I didn't know what it did. I mean, I knew it it existed, but I didn't know what the true thing it did. I just, like, I know they don't want WWE to profit from it. Do you just think is there some chance they could just be like Martha, all on her, y'all can have all the money from this, y'all can have all the publishing for y'all company or whatever, just let us honor him? Like, is, is that a possibility? No, I think she's gotten to her children so that even when she dies, he's never going in this Hall of Fame. They, it sounds like hate wrestling. It, it, it's the thing because you you can tell by the way the kids talk, right? And he and then her, her son's about to become a lawyer, and Osh was just like, "Yeah, he was a wrestler, but he was my dad. When he was home, he was my dad. He was the guy who was about to come home. He was just doing this to save money so we can have a better life." And then when his his youngest daughter talks, who doesn't have that many memories left of him, 
she automatically blames wrestling. Wrestling is associated with my dad's death. That's how she looks at it. And what's sad is that these kids are deprived of the rich history that their hearts put into professional wrestling. But how do you... How do you introduce that? Because at in Martha's place, imagine yeah. put yourself in Martha's place. You have to, to some degree, romanticize this family that has made your life hell since your husband died. Uh huh. Who wants nothing to do with you and your children? How do you? But who said? Who it? said she, they didn't want to do with her or her? Her differently, but what about the children? Because Brett was just like, I can't talk to my niece and nephew. Now, but see, that's Brett, though. The only person that, like, she said herself that they had some kind of relationship and it deteriorated because he went back to WWE. I get that. But everything else, like, how she said in the the show, Mm. allegedly, because I can't, you know, we can't confirm this. Allegedly. Allegedly, some other Hart family members stole legal documents from her. So and gave them to WWE so that they would be privy to everything that was happening in her case. Allegedly, that person was uh, Natalia's mom. Oh, and I was going to say it was Bruce Hart. Well, people were taking guesses, but allegedly, because they, apparently there's also a story in Brett's book about something along those lines, and I think he alludes to the fact that it's her mom, too. Um... Because she was trying to secure a place in the company for Jim. That doesn't sound like a person or a family that is like, yeah, here, we want to welcome you with open arms because we lost Owen. We know you lost Owen. That just don't sound... I mean, because after the documentary came out, people were all in the comments like, y'all know the hearts be doing some shady shit. Like, one of them tried to book um, David Benoit, even though he hadn't been trained. Um... And I think Brett stopped them. No, no. Chris Jericho was like, he doesn't have any training. He's not. No. Why would you try and book him? And you know he doesn't have any training. And they was just like, eh, eh. you know, it was just, it's just, people have. I think the artists do anything for wrestling, I feel like. But I say. Wrestling is their life, so. People have some real unsavory opinions about the Hart family. So <laughs> let's, let's just go with the. Let's go with the hypothesis that they are not that great to her. Mm-hmm. How do you move past your husband's death, and then once you get past that, the company that uh, was responsible for his well-being did not uh, take care of him, let him die. Then you got to get past that and get to the family who's actively working against you when you're trying to get some kind of justice for your your husband who is also their family member that to me i i i hope i reset your toe <laughs> that shit is not even right i hate you and that was the funniest line i felt like that whole like, thing i was like bro i was just sarcastic no, I, I reset your toe that uh that, that was clip, the first message i said that yeah. clap right there uh that that clip the clip right there i was like this is why everybody hates this McMahon. <laughs> I didn't watch that full interview. That full thing. <laughs> like, sir, what do you... You resent my tone. I resent the fact that you let one of your wrestlers fall 
70 feet to the ring and continued the show. I agree now, looking back at it as an adult, they probably should, they should stop that show. I, cause yeah, especially after Martha's uh, explanation. Yeah, I, I really, Like, I, why didn't the cops stop the show? Because it does make sense. When you're grown, she's like, a murder happened here. This is a crime scene now. It is. Yeah. And you muddying up everything because you got all these other people coming in and out the ring wrestling. Uh-huh. One, one, you endangering them because they wrestling and the, the ring is broke. Uh-huh. Like, I just... I understand why she... Like, seeing the... Even if it is one side of the story. Just from the actual facts that we know from the case that happened, from him countersuing her, from everything that happened after the fact and what she went through with the family and with him and the company, I can see why she would never want him to go into their Hall of Fame. You you know, you're right. But you know what? I also want want to say this, though, because, see, people say Hall of Fame, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just... Hall of Fame, and, yeah. and, and, and I, I, I want to get it from both sides because I do understand from listening to this this documentary where Martin's coming from. And, but you know, I I don't you know I don't think it's right to just dismiss his wrestling because even though Owen didn't have that same passion for wrestling like like Bret had, mm-hmm. don't mean he didn't. Love what he did. Like it at all. Like a like a. Or he didn't the, the, come from that legacy. Exactly. Like I say, because he was good at what he he, he was good at what he did. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like I said, it, it's probably a thing. Like you know, Bret Hart is pissed off that he got screwed over because Bret is a. Let's do it like this. Bret is Michael Jordan. Okay. M- Mike said in the documentary, "I take everything personally." Mm-hmm. Bret Hart. That's definitely Bret Hart. T- Bret Hart. Takes everything personal, and he is too damn. He takes himself too damn seriously. He does. I love Bret Hart. Bret Hart is an excellent wrestler. He's an excellent character. Bret Hart is the, the Michael Jackson of the Hart family, but he takes himself way, way too, too seriously because he's the Michael <clears throat> Jackson of the Hart family. Exactly, and he ta- he looks at wrestling from a different perspective. Now, if you got Owen Hart, who says is your Scottie Pippen, yeah, I like basketball. I love playing basketball. I love playing it with you and everything like that. But I don't. I'm not invested in this game. It's like this. My back hurt. I'm leaving the game. Fact. Jordan, I got food poisoning. I'm going to play this game. It's yeah. a different passion for the sport, mm-hmm. and I think that's where it was. But it don't mean that Owen didn't. Even when he was like, I I want to save up money and go live with him, like, uh, live out. I don't want to do this forever. In other words, it ain't like you know. He don't want to end up like Mick. And, um, Undertaker, Mick, and who can't walk and Kurt Angle and Ric Flair and Kurt Angle and Ric Flair who likes the Crypt Keeper and Hulk Hogan who got the, the nasty looking back he don't want to end up like that and I, I get that I under he knows he wants to like I want to walk away he's 34 years old if Owen has stayed I can see Owen be like look hey I want to walk away close to 40 maybe 38 years old I'm out of here especially, especially uh, when that clip they said like the next year <laughs> all them new people came in too exactly I'm just like yeah see cause then it would have been Easier to fit Owen Hart into the mix with all them kind of with all them kind of guys. Yeah, all those guys would have that would have been mm. he would have found a better fit. Exactly. So I'm just like so. Owen Hart and Kurt Angle match. Sheesh, bro! Don't make me dream. Him, Taz, all, you know, all, all the stuff that came out in 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 the in the 2000s. There's a certain things, and then 
I think Owen Hart probably would have been done in 2002. That would have been his like answer to all that stuff is done. I probably get, I, I probably had Brock Lesnar write me off, mm-hmm. and then no, seriously, if I had Brock Lesnar write me off, and I go home with my family <clears throat> and call it a day. But as them kids got older, if they had shown an interest in wanting to wrestle, he ain't gonna turn them away. I mean, oh, I don't yeah, think so. so. He probably yeah. would have been like, no thanks. Exactly. Or if he... Like, oh, well, you got to go to the dungeon. Or, <laughs> she uh, definitely would have been like, no thanks. Like, or if it's the thing where it's just like, hey, this is my action figure. Like, your dad's a, a, toy. a toy. Yeah. Or I'm in a video game. Or I'm in a whole movie. All that is deprived of fans. Yeah, I did like that one... Uh... The one where he was talking about old, just like Uncle Brett and him, and he was playing with him and uh, his dad and Uncle Brett's action figures. I like that part too. Exactly, I'm just saying. But but see, there there's a whole generation now. It's just that it, it you know there, there's no Hall of Fame, but there's no no video games. There's no T-shirts. There's no uh, books. There's no Blu-rays. There's no like he's only being played on the network. Because you can't rewrite history because he ain't do nothing. He didn't do anything. He just, you know, it was he died of an accident. It ain't like he, you know, uh, Crispin Wilder. It ain't like he. Well, see, but she tried to paint it like they did it on purpose, and I think that's where part of the like contention comes in. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't think look as as much of an asshole Mister Man is. I don't think Vince purpose wanted to purposely try to kill Owen Hart. But I do think it's possible he cut corners. He did cut. He did cut corners. But that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, to be cheaper. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's possible. The blood is on your hands. Whether yeah. you did it on yeah. purpose or not, the blood is on your hands because you cut the corners that caused this tragic accident. Now, I hear what you're saying because, but if you because if you think about it, there's a generation of wrestlers that uh, every era. The generation they don't know them. They could they in the Hall of Fame. They couldn't yeah. even be in the game. They still don't know or care about who they are. Now and that's not to say that we shouldn't know or care about who Owen Hart is, but all of those things make tons of money. Yeah. And honestly, if he hadn't been such a dick and dragged out the legal process, it could have probably been resolved, and then they could have amicably agreed to release a DVD, a special edition action figure, uh, something that had his likeness on it, and it wouldn't have built up so much anticipation to the point where if they do release something, it's going to be a smash. It's mm. going to sell out. It's going to sell, be sold out. It's going to cost a bunch of money. And now they stand to make even more money because people have been clamoring for it for 20 years than they would have back then. But you wanted to drag out this legal action and then sue the widow of the person who you are ultimately responsible for their death, sir. Like, I I understand. I understand why his peers and his lone brother will want him in the Hall of Fame and want him to be celebrated. But after the nonsense that if I was the widow after the nonsense I was put through with this company I wouldn't want shit to do with them ever you're, you're right and I can't get mad at her for feeling that way and I cause I when I first saw it, I was like I feel like she wants to completely erase wrestling 
from his legacy period but then I saw a post where somebody was like I saw a lot of people saying that Martha wanted to never wants to acknowledge that he even wrestled but that's not true because he was inducted into a different hall of fame like a different organization's hall of fame and she took a picture you know smiling mm-hmm. and with the and posing with the plaque and everything so I was like Maybe it's really not that she wants to completely erase wrestling. It's just a large part of his career was spent in this place that is responsible for him dying. And it's kind of hard to work around it. And it's kind of in the other portion of his career it was spent with his family who was kind of just like, fuck y'all. So what, what do you do in that situation? It's hard. It's tragic. I just know that I sometimes... I speak from, like I said, I, I see both sides, and I can't help that sometimes I get carried away by speaking from a form of biasness, mm-hmm. because I love Don Hart. Yeah. And, and when I say love Don Hart, I love him as a fan. See, I was a fan of Slammy Award winner, King of the Ring, two-time Slammy Award winner, Owen Hart. That, that's my Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. King of the Ring, that 94-96 Owen Hart is cool. Then when he became a heel and he did that whole... Uh, Owen three sixteen thing. I, I I like that Owen Hart. I wasn't a fan of late nineties Owen Hart. You know what I'm saying? But you I, weren't a fan of the Nation Owen. Well, the Nation Owen Hart didn't make sense. But I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was being yeah, sarcastic. I know. <laughs> I, that's when you should have said I was injured. Yes, but you know, and 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 and, and the Blue Blazer stuff, and the, and the him team with Jeff Jarrett, which I didn't like that team neither. It was just like, you I know, that was solid, huh? I thought it was solid. I mean, it was solid as wrestlers, but this, it just didn't go together for me. It was like, but you know, it was like, but you know, hey, it, it just worked out. Like, I, I was enjoying him versus Triple H or him versus X-Pac European Championship matches. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's a very unfortunate situation. It shouldn't have happened. It really shouldn't have happened. So, and, so um, um, is there like a law that they couldn't have like uh, protested. What you mean? Could the wrestler just say, "I don't want to wrestle" after that? Could they not all get together and say, "I don't want to do this"? I don't think Jr. said in one of them dark side of the rings, "You can't get two wrestlers to to agree on what to have for lunch." Yeah, I don't know if they would have, especially in its in that haste, all been like, "We just not going out there to wrestle." Because at, at that time, were they still in the era or um, in the working conditions where you didn't work, you didn't get paid if you didn't work? Yeah. So they not gonna not work. And for, first of all, I mean, but, but honestly, they know, what Owen want them to do that? Like I mean, I'm talking about the ones. See, it's easy for us to say this is what I would do because I feel this way right now. But in, in in reality, I'm not a wrestler. I don't get paid for this. I'm not in the business. I didn't, didn't know Owen Hart personally. So it's it, you can say, I, I mean, I, I I don't see why. If everybody loved Owen Hart, why not say, why, Vince, I don't want to wrestle anymore. It, it ain't that easy. We make it seem like it's easy because we think it's, cause it's easy for us to make that decision because we're not in those shoes. I'm just saying. I see all the people. All the people after coming to the ring, they were all crying. Of course, you have to literally wrestle in that spot 
where you know the board is broken and the blood is. You have to look at it. Undertaker visibly is upset. Stone Cold is visibly upset. It's like... You know, yeah. did they have to... Like, once again, I don't know... Once again, I would have loved... That's what I'm saying. I would love a documentary to talk to the peers. Like, I want to know the deep stuff about it to the point where it's kind of like when, when Eddie died, they said you, you don't have to work. But if you want to work, you can go out there and work. But that could have <laughs> been an outcome from the fact that they made them go work um, when this happened. That was six years later. You're right. You got to understand, this sick man is a dickhead. I'm sorry. It's nothing. It's no other way around it. Bull is a dickhead. All right. This man probably knew that Owen was dead when he called Martha the first time. And he didn't want to give her the news. I bet, I bet money. Because that man more than likely had passed away before he left that building. I say he died in the ring. As I say, yeah. So, why wouldn't you, the CEO of this company, you took the time to call me, why wouldn't you tell me that? Why wouldn't, I would not, if something happened to you when you, when back when you worked outside the house, yeah. if an accident happened, and our old general manager called and was like, oh, um, there's been an accident. And I said, what happened? Someone else is going to call you. I would be like, the fuck? Why can't you tell me? Weren't you there? Mm-hmm. I think that in a business that is so rampant with testosterone and just grit and everything else going on, I feel like sometimes the compassion gets lost. Because, especially back then, you're not really trying to show necessarily, like, the breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. But I will say, yeah, we're not in their shoes. We're not in this Vince McMahon shoes. Because you, at that point, would have had to refund a bunch of people if you had canceled the show and everything else and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think me as a person... Mm-hmm. Just the kind of person I am. I don't think I could have said, let the show go on and gave JR and Annette, gave JR 10 seconds to compose himself and tell everybody that Owen Hart died, made all these wrestlers go out there and wrestle on the very spot where this wrestler that was their peer and their friend died. I just don't think I personally could have done that. That's just me personally I don't know what it's like to own a multi-million dollar or billion dollar corporation so I don't know if I can I can't speak from that space but I don't think that I could have said let the show go on and watch these wrestlers go out there and wrestle visibly upset that's a hard one so uh you're playing football, somebody dies in the middle of the field, and they just scrape them up and, like, take them to the bat. Are y'all going to stop the game or y'all going to keep playing? Like I said, I want to stop the game. Just like I, I want to stop the double edge review. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's, that, that's to me, that's what the over edge review. Oh, okay. I, I didn't hear you. Yeah, I, 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 I would have did that, but they didn't. 
And you know um, Like I said Especially as an adult I definitely would have stopped I would have stopped it I really would have yeah. stopped it And But I, it, It's the, the, the situation Is as fucked up As the Benoit situation Whew. It's as fucked up as it Now I told y'all We gonna have a 10 part Vince uh, Dark Side of the Ring Gotta have it bro Yeah So I, Now I know Lady Sketch didn't do this Because she didn't know We had to do this well, Prime, do you have your ranked list of season two episodes? Oh, I thought it was on that next week. Oh, all right. Well, hey. Oh, I well, we we can, uh, my, my list. You go first. Please. Okay. <laughs> oh no, no. I, I figured since this is it, I, I was gonna we 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 can we can rank on what was uh our our from because like I said they were all good, but from you know least favorite to favorite episode. Okay. It is so. I think we can do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can go first if you want me to. Okay. Okay. So, and so there was ten episodes in season one, nine topics. Okay. Uh, Give me so, just a second. I have to take care of something. Okay. Okay. It's cool. I said I'm going first. Okay. So coming in at my number, at my number ten. Is the Jimmy Snooker episode? I like that's that. your number ten. Okay, that's what. I, like I said, they Definitely were all they were all great episodes. They were all really good episodes. But when the way I'm judging is stuff that I, I new information that came in, how invested I was in the episode, and you know, like like the the, the impact of the story, stuff like that. Now, like I said, Jimmy Snooker. Like I said, you know, don't, don't crooked ass cops, and also that you know, it, it's just very sad with Jimmy Snooker. Uh, actually, my my nine ticket for the back and forth. My number nine is Dino Bravo. Okay. I wanted to be more invested in that episode because I was actually waiting for that episode, mm-hmm. but there was no new development that they gave me in that episode. And yes, part of it is because I watched when I was sick, but there was still no uh development in the episode that really. You know, it's like that. It, it took it home for me. Number eight, the brawl fall. Okay. Now, obviously, you say the thing about the brawl fall, you know, say should happen. But what's it, what what got that episode is obviously seeing Jim Cornette and Vince Russo tear into each other. Mostly Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. Hilarity. Then uh, my number seven goes to New Jack. Okay. I did, I I like the New Jack episode. I found out more things about New Jack, but it seemed like ever after the whole thing with um the one he tried to kill. What's his name again? Prime. Gypsy Joe. No, no, not Gypsy Joe. Talk about uh off the scaffold with the taser. Oh, Vic Grimes. Vic Grimes. After Vic Grimes, I felt as though documentary slowed down a little bit. And I mean, of course, you hear the Gypsy Joe thing and the guy he stabbed nine times, stuff like that in that, that was hall. Out of control. <clears throat> but I thought New, I thought I was like you know I'm glad New Jack is actually getting a, a documentary because you know the story New Jack needs to be told. No, I'm not doing time. Yeah. Then these are my top five. Then we got the Road Warriors. I okay. surprisingly really like that show. Mm-hmm. That Road Warriors episode because I was a fan of the Road Warriors back in the day. So getting into it and then hearing about all the Hawks misfortune misfortunes and you know how animals are cool, calm, and collected one. I like hearing that about tag teams. Herb Abrams is number four okay. in the UWF. Okay. One, me and Parcher had a fun time talking about that show. Yep. 
and her and, and cocaine and Hollywood honeys <laughs> and snaggletooth women. Hey, 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 what would he be doing if he was still alive? Time. <laughs> Before he say so, if her would still be alive today, what would he be doing? Time. <laughs> He'd be in jail. So, well, you know, he faked his death. Her can't be quiet for thirty years. So, uh, her Abrams number three is the Owen Hart uh, documentary. I still think the Owen Hart documentary should have been a two parter. In my personal opinion, it was still good, insightful to get Martha's side because we haven't heard from Martha in years. That's probably our first interview aside from the Jericho interview. Exactly. So it was good to hear from Martha. That's why it's very high. My number two, which I didn't even think was going to be number two, is Dave Swartz and the slap heard around the world. I really like that episode, and it's probably because I watched it because probably because I watched it with my wife, and you know, watched some of hers entertaining, but. Uh, the info that I got from there and the whole slap and the hold on Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves but forgot to free the professional Ooh, wrestlers that line is the reason why that show is not higher for me is it <laughs> and then the, the number one show which brought the most pain but brought the most info is the Benoit tragedy okay because okay. we kept hearing speculation after speculation after speculation but the Benoit tragedy they this is how the own to me the own heart should have been Part one needs to describe what goes on with Benoit, his relation, his wrestling style, his relationship with Eddie Guerrero, and his relationship with uh, WWE and, 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 and Kevin Sullivan and Nancy. You had to build that up, and then when you get the second part, you have to bring on the pain, and then and everything just flowed great. I think that that would have worked out too for Owen Hart as well. So those are my top ten. Prom, you have yours ready? Yeah, I got mine ready. Not the same as yours, but uh, let's get into it. All right. My number 10 is actually uh, Dino Bravo. Yeah, because you know, Uh, like I said, Dan and Jimmy Stuka could could, could switch. Well, not not for me. My, um, (laughs) it might be upset in my nine. My nine is actually the uh, Dave Schultz uh, episode. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, my number nine, my number eight, Brawl Fall. Uh-huh. Sure, it was still a Joe episode. Um, uh, my number seven is the Jimmy Snooker episode. Uh huh. My number, my number six is the Road Warriors episode. Okay. Uh, for top five, um, I don't know. I I wanted to have this on higher, but I couldn't. Uh, Cocaine Cowboys, my number five. Her. <laughs> Um, it's so unfortunate how it's a tragic story, but it's such a, you know, it's told in a funny way. It's wrong. Yes, yes. Um, my, <laughs> I got number. I'm on the four. My number four. I don't. Well, this is technically my number three because it's two parts. Number one, New Jack is 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 my my three. Uh huh. Of course, Owen is my two, and Benoit is my one. Okay. And we talk about favorite episodes of ones I just had fun watching. I would probably say Owen Hart. I mean, uh, I would probably say New Jack because just because the bombs away line alone. Oh yeah, he he he, he would need him anyway. Bombs away. New, new, you know, new Jack and Herb Abrams, and I, I hate saying Herb Abrams like that, but Herb Abrams brought me the most laughs. Yes, and I my, showed my uncle like a ton of New Jack shoot interviews, and he just oh, had him a ball. It's hilarious. This is only nine. I just said 
we had ten episodes, nine topics. Nine to- oh, okay, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, so lay sketch. Do you have yours ready? Sure. I'll just use your list and number them different. Okay. Okay. So my number ten is Jimmy Snuka for obvious reasons. He guilty. My number nine is Dino Bravo. Um, I didn't miss. I didn't dislike this episode. Actually, you know what? I scratch scratched it. I lied. Um, Tiny circle, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> I will move it up one. I will put New Jack at nine. Uh huh. Bombs away? No. <laughs> See, I wish I had had time to do this. But yeah. Somebody's trying to. Uh, somebody was trying to hack my email. That's what I was trying to. Oh, gotcha. I, that's, that's what's more important. Oh, so, it's WWE hacker over there. No, she, hey, oh, bro, man. Somebody heard me say something about Vince, and they was like, "Oh, get this lady out of here." All right, just give me a second. All right. Go. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay, so my number ten, I said Jimmy Snooker. That does not change. Number nine is Brawl for All. It was fucking stupid, but the best part of it was Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. Uh number eight is Dino Bravo. Number seven is New Jack. Number six is Herb Abrams. Number five is um the slap her around the world. Number four is the Road Warriors. Or I'm saying numbers, but you know. Yeah. Number three is Owen Hart, and then number one to two, I guess, uh-huh. is the Benoit. Uh, yeah. Episode. I think Benoit was the overall best episode. It was definitely the best episode this season. I am very curious to see what they can do for season three. Like, what's going to be season three? I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, there's plenty of stuff. Like, yeah, I, I want to see the. I want to see the. the, the uh, uh, the plane ride from hell. I want to see. Stairway. Um, I don't think. I think there's too many people side still in the WWE to do that. The plane ride from hell. You probably yeah right. to, to talk about it. And, and the people that the people that was on it, like let's say Flair's still there, Hogan's still there. Well, Hogan wasn't on there. I want the uh, Kurt Angle's the, not there no more though. Yeah, you're right. Maybe Undertaker. Well, nah. And, you know, they talk about that story a lot. You know, they said, like, I'm taking choke dot, uh, Kurt Angle and him and Vince and Matt Hardy was wrestling. And, and Brock almost out, Mr. Kirk Kirk and Brock. Yeah. What? And Ric Flair was being crazy. Yeah, what about Nate with Robo and stuff? Uh, that, uh, the steroid trial, but, but obviously, we'll see, uh, see if we can get Hogan. Uh, I want to know about the final days of Brian Pillman. I want the, uh, I want, uh, Jeff Hardy victory road. Yes, I want a victory road for him versus Sting. And vi- yep. my God, I want an episode about that one. Because uh, you can talk about that hardest Sting. Talk to everybody. Uh, off. <laughs> said vicious stabbing Arn Anderson with the scissors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, was in the hotel room or something, right? Yeah. I heard about that. Yep. Oh yeah, I want to get I want to get all into all that stuff like that. Even yeah. though it's not at the dark side of the ring. <laughs> That's more of a box so, thing. So, Shockmaster thing just needs to be talked about for the it's next week. Cool, but you know what? Next week, we, that's what we can do next week. But write down some of the things we want to see if, if they do a season three, because they have to. This show got yeah, some of the highest rays in season two. Yes. Yep. All right, so let's talk about it. So, we're just going to go to the last two days that we got to talk about this. Uh, All right, guys. So, we're about to finish off the podcast right here. We got two more things to, to knock off. And we're about to hit that Wednesday Night War. So, the Wednesday Night War, we got the NXT. We got uh, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley going at it tonight. And uh, 
We also have the Go Home Show to double or nothing right here for AEW Dynamite. So we're not going to get too much, uh, make this thing too long, but let's get into it. So uh, NXT starts off with Karrion Cross making his awesome, awesome entrance. And once again, I do now agree with you, Prime, that I don't know how long they're going to be able to do this entrance. But I'm pretty sure that they're going to try to do it until he gets on the main roster and does a or a pay per view debut. Like it needs to have a pay per view uh, thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because last because you know last thing they want to do is just get you used to it to where it just seems like it's a regular thing. Yeah. But 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 right now in in the moment for the second time I've seen it, it's so good. I love it. So he takes on uh, Liam Gray, and basically he just squashes this kid, beats, beats the shit out of him. And then uh, Ciampa makes his way to the ring. And uh, he makes his, since being taken out by Cross, back when him and Johnny Gargano had the matchup more than a month ago, or well, it was the week after when he told Johnny was the better man. So he challenged him at a match at TakeOver in your house. So that should be. Uh, that should be a good one, don't you think? It'd be interesting <clears throat> to see. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it'd be solid. Okay. We have uh, El Hiyo de Fantasma taking on Kiro Tozawa. Pretty good matchup. Uh, Kiro Tozawa hits a huge centaur from the top rope, uh, but it's, it's uh, not enough as Fantasma wins with a roll-up. And uh, later, Of course he does. Of course, of course <laughs> roll up he does. all day. And he's, he's, he clinched a match with the Group A winner to determine the interim NXT Cruiserweight champion. Uh, later in the show, they showed that, you know, Phantasma comes over to uh, Kyoto Zao and gives him respect. And then all of a sudden, Kyoto Zao gets jumped by these these cartels. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who these guys are in these masks, but they randomly coming up and just beating people up in the parking lot. And Phantasma took his good old time getting out that car until they left and checked on his hour. So, do you think this whole thing is him in on it? Oh, I thought that was I thought that was like obvious from his first day. Oh. <laughs> first day he was there, I thought that was obvious. Oh, okay. I, I'm about to say. I that. thought he like I thought they like tried to attack him or something. All he said was like "get out of here" and they left. Like no force. He was just like "get out of here" and then they left. They disbanded. Like you know. okay, so um, yeah, that's probably his people. Uh. Me and him taking on Santana Garrett next. This match really wasn't nothing. Me and him won the matchup, but this is really about the Garganos, Candice LeRae and John Gargano coming to the ring. And Candice LeRae talking about some how you just dropped the opportunity. Uh, you was going against Charlotte, and you just you know dropped the opportunity. So she goes starts attacking me and him in the ring. And as me and him's going to the ropes, Johnny pours them over and knocks uh, me and him out to the outside. But here comes Keith Lee. So. Keith Lee comes and just uh, knocks down uh, Gorgano and him and me and him standing uh, in the ring waiting to fight these two. So we may get a tag team match, mixed tag team match at uh, TakeOver in your house. I'm not sure. I I never seen NXT do a mixed tag team match yet. So, But it looks like they're going to play up the uh, me and him Keith Lee relationship. Yeah. Because they exploiting another relationship for no reason. I know, reason. and I hope it don't end. Because I actually like the me and um, Keith Lee relationship. I really do. Yeah, you know. Everybody said a relationship, they just got to point it out to everybody. Everybody. I don't think that, 
sometimes I don't think that's something that the fans need to know, especially when their characters are different. Yeah, like, I agree. For yeah. example, if, if Bounce of Bad started coming out with Selena Vega, that just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't. Saying. I don't want to see Adam Cole and Dr. Britt Baker DMD. <laughs> we saw her on the show, you know. Exactly, but I'm just saying, but you know, I don't want to see them teaming up and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Roderick Strong taking on Dexter Loomis. The pervert. Yep. Sebastian Shaw. So, uh, but this is actually a pretty good matchup between these two. Uh, pretty cool. This guy who played, he knows how to play the creep well. Mm -hmm. Are you sure he's playing? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, and I want to say let look because I haven't seen him up in the news or anything like you know your boy uh, uh, Alberto Del Rio. So I'm just saying, okay. uh, but you know, but that 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 way he he knows how to play the creep really well, and I think him because uh, in, in TNA he didn't have a mustache. No, so so I think he looks creepier here, and I think they find a way to to, to really make this character. Very creepy. So even his mannerisms in the ring, the way he crawls all the way from one side of the other, just stares at you. And how when okay, Roderick Strong had him in like a, an it wasn't an arm lock, it was that you know, uh, uh, like almost like a sitting abdominal stretch kind of a thing. And then he kept elbowing him in his chest, and then you could just see Loomis's face just keep looking over at him and staring at him, creeping out Roderick Strong. He kept doing it and doing it. And I'm just like, see. Those kind of subtle things in matches, I appreciate for being an old school wrestler fan because it, it keeps to the character. Stay with your character. It's kind of like, look, people ain't like seeing it, but but, but it's kind of like it Goldust back in the day. Like, he was character in his matches, even when they had him on like a, a wrist lock and he, he would go like try, try to grab for their penis or something like that. It's weird. You're like, that's gross. Kind of grind, grind out of it. Exactly. And it, it's weird. And you're like, ew, I don't want to see that. But his character, that's what his character would do. So I appreciate that. So I appreciate those 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 kind of things. Or like when Undertaker sits up or does the, the zombie choke, or at least back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I appreciate all that kind of stuff. So uh Loomis has the character thing down pat. Uh of course Adam Cole, baby, and Byfish come down because uh Roderick Strong beats uh Dexter Loomis with a roll up and I was like oh Loomis gets his first loss but then he comes to the outside and puts him in that choke and what's creepy is Fish and Cole are out there kicking the hell out of this guy front and back and he's not let go of the soul he's just staring him down I'm like yo bro you do this way too well <laughs> I'm just saying yes I'm telling you you sure it's not art imitating life <laughs> I'm just saying so then the Velveteen Dream comes down he takes down Adam Cole and Bobby Fish Jumps to the top rope to over the barricade to Adam Cole on the outside. I'm just like, this is about to be a weird team up of Loomis and Velveteen Dream. <laughs> when he uh when he jumped from the thing, of course there was an obvious camera cut, but like <laughs> on Twitter, oh my god, somebody on Twitter said, you know, I kind of like that WWE is doing this uh Power Ranger style editing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they punch. <laughs> Hilarious. Yo, it'd be right because you, you you be seeing them get hit in the chest with like the sparks, and mm -hmm. then you just, and also they they fly like twenty feet away. But after a camera cut, that joke be hilarious. You right about that one? Yeah, that was that was funny. I started dying when I seen that comment. Uh, 
Oni Lorcan is taking on uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch take on Everrise. I do not like this team Everrise at all. Yeah, but you know, I guess they've been there. They might even get a title shot because they've been so loyal. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, they after the match, uh, they, they beat them with the single leg crab, and they uh, mock Imperium, and then I'm just like, okay, well, it looks like they're going after Imperium. Uh, group A is now we got Drake Maverick taking on Koshida, and this matchup, uh, actually was actually pretty decent. We have Koshida and Drake Maverick on the top rope, and then it looks uh, was it Koshida is going for is it Koshida or Drake Maverick goes for the Hurricane Rana? It was Koshida. Yeah, that goes for the Hurricane Rana, but uh, Drake Maverick turns it around, rolls this man up, uh, cause cause he hasn't been did that arm bar cause he was working on the arm the whole match, and Drake Maverick was, was selling it like death, and he rolls him up. And Drake Maverick wins the match, but now Byron Saxton, because of all people, come out and let everybody know well, there's a three-way tie. So it's going to be a triple threat match between you, Koshida, and um, Del Tass. Jake Atlas. Uh, you said, oh, 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 yeah, that's right, Jake Atlas. And the winner is going to face uh, Phantasma in uh, the Cruiserweight uh, Finals. If they did this, Drake Maverick's winning this match. Yes, Drake Maverick. He he gonna lose the tournament, but Drake Maverick is going to win this matchup. Uh, I think he's gonna win the matchup, but then lose the ultimate matchup to Phantasma. Uh huh. That's what I feel. I feel like that's when Phantasma's gonna gonna reveal himself as being the leader of that that group when he, when he's in the finals, and I guess they try to attack him, and they end up attacking Drake or something like that. I can see that happening. No, oh, okay. I just hope. J- Drake get his job back. Uh, <laughs> Matt Riddle, I, I don't know where this comes in at, but Matt Riddle cuts a promo about taking on Timothy Thatcher in the steel cage next week. That's only going to be win by submission or knockout. So we're getting kind of like okay, a okay. like a UFC cage fight with these guys. I wonder how they're going to. We're getting it. like a cage fight, like a steel cage or cage fight, like the Owen Hart and Shamrock cage. No, we're we going. We, we probably get you know what I mean. We're getting a steel cage red. Right? Well, why would they say cage fight and not say a steel cage? You know, I don't know. Well, maybe. I mean, I I, I don't know. We, we got to see what happens. I'm curious now. But I know Matt Riddle, but they got the background, so hey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Damian Priest uh, explains that he wants to take on Finn Balor and take over in your house. And he uh, gave him credit for helping NXT become what it is today. And that's exactly why he took aim at him. Because... He, I, I, I was like, okay, look, just give me, I'll take the match. I mean, Dan Priest is probably going to lose. I mean, Finn Balor may put him over because Finn don't get hurt by a loss anyway right now. Finn, they are trying to tread as much water as they can before so they can get this Walter match. So, Chris, yeah, going to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then, of course, Finn Balor did lose to, uh, what you call it last week, Kevin uh-huh. Grimes. So. Yeah. That's, that happened. Mm-hmm. So we got Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. Uh, this matchup is really good. Rhea Ripley shows no ring rust, so that that is good. Io Shirai like she's gonna stay around for a little bit longer. I thought she was gonna be out the door like uh, Kyrie Zane uh, is. Well, it's 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 speculated. She's not out the door yet. So not quite, not quite yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, Io Shirai hits his scissors on Rhea Ripley. 
and then uh, Charlotte comes out, and then Charlotte comes out and beats down both Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. So there is no, uh, you know, no winner here, no contest as Charlotte beats them both of them. So it looks like we're gonna probably get that triple threat match you were saying. Yeah, I guess I don't understand how um how Io doesn't get a shot even though she won the match against. She won the match. She just, you know, got disqualified. You're right. So I got disqualified. So technically, I think she should still get a shot, another shot at the championship. Yeah, we'll see how they book it. AEW Dynamite time right now. The final stop before AEW Double or Nothing. Limo pulls up outside. It's the inner circle. They, they tell Alex Marvarez that they have a surprise for the Elite later. And then um, we have uh, the kick off the program. We have John Moxley, the world champion, taking versus 10. <laughs> like ten, and a, ten, and, and and uh, okay. Uh, I don't know who ten is at all, and I don't really care who ten is at all. But uh, I don't think <coughs> nobody because they would have been done said it by now. Yeah, basically, Moxie skates fire was carried temp. Uh, he wipes him out with a a DDT or was it the paradigm shift? And then um. He said that Moxie playing at 10 with a gotcha style pile driver. What is that? You never. That's the uh, Jeremy Lin finisher. Oh, okay. Damn, that's what. I'm about to say, yeah, I ain't said it in a while. It's like what Cesaro do neutralize with a pile drop. Oh, okay. After the match, uh, Moxie uh, takes 10's arm between steel chair and puts his boot into the applied pressure. And Moxie told Brody Lee. That he was going to give him 10 seconds to correct a mistake and return his championship belt, or he'll break 10's arm. You had made your bid, and you, had to, and you made this personal. During these times, we all have to make sacrifices for tonight. I'm leaving, said Mr. Brody Lee on the microphone. He's like, all right, see you Saturday. And then he uh, smashes 10's shoulder uh, arm in the chair. So I was like, okay, he's expendable. Uh, MJ kind of just... Huh? Don't, don't care about his. He don't care about his minions. So he was like, yeah, whatever. I don't mm-hmm. care. Okay, the match. I I, I I hope you can uh help me out because I didn't see. I didn't get you to see this match. MJF taking on Marco Stunt, and I'm mad. I didn't get you to see this match up. I saw some of it, but I was like, this is stupid. Why do I care? But yeah. no, I did. see it. It's pretty normal. So so surprised. Uh, Warlow didn't even get involved. Really. Which I wouldn't even had that match. I would have just came out there and just beat him down with Warlow. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's just a natural healing me. But yeah, I mean, he just bullies. Basically, he just bullied uh, Marco Stunt. Oh, and it hits him with the salt of the earth and makes him submit. Uh, we we have the bat, uh, the face off between the old guys, Jake Roberts and the enforcer Arn Anderson. Tony Giovanni at the table to discuss Saturday's match. Between their clients and who's gonna be the first NXT champion. Uh, so I once again didn't see all this uh, segment, even though I do know towards the end of the segment uh, when they knocked over the table and uh, Jake Ross pushed Tony Schiavone down, and uh, Jake and Ars both both raised the fist before they came to blows. That's why I felt as though that. They were going to do the DDT spine buster spot. I think that's what they what they plan on doing. Okay. So, well, I think I like how 
in AEW, of course, they don't have uh, written promos. They just get them bullet points. And yeah. I've had to hit every single one of those bullet points. I think so, too. Yeah, and they, I think they did real good with the, with the bullet points. And, of course, like like you say, like they're, they're a good promo from two guys that know what they're doing. Who could it? Don't need scripts. Don't need anything. Just tell them what the main topic is, and they get there how they get there. You know, you're right now. Uh, we get a message from England from the Bastard Pack. I haven't seen him in a while. And it says, as for Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix is going to send you send you to your maker, Orange Cassidy. Consider yourself warned. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So we have Orange Cassidy taking on Ray Phoenix. And uh, this matchup, I said, uh, I know it was a. Uh, Pretty decent. Uh, Cassidy uh, connected with a series of palm strikes and a top rope uh, super cedar. Uh, he's that cross body uh, around the world DT, but uh, Phoenix does kick out at two. They hit him with another DT for a near fall. Phoenix is a power bomb with Cassidy off the turnbuckle, and but Arch Cassidy kicks out, and then uh, it looks like uh, once again they went for a muscle muscle finisher, but Arch Cassidy escaped. And a uh, reverse air raid. Superman kept saving, carrying the ladder out to the ramp, and pierced himself on it. Cassidy turned around, look at Kip Ray Fink, hits a low blow to train by Cassidy to get the win. So, I mean, it was, like, it was obviously set, it's setting up for this Saturday at uh, Double or Nothing, uh, Double or Nothing, stuff like that for the casino. They're all in the casino ladder match. So. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Ray Fink splat against the ground, which I yeah. had to hurt. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, that that looked like it sucked. Speaking of something, looked like it sucked uh, for them is uh, Nyla Rose with uh, Sheeta's candlestick tick and Doctor Britt Baker DMD uh, versus Hikaru Sheeta and the Galaxy's Greatest Alien Chris Statlander. Yeah, so uh, during this matchup, Britt Baker got hurt. This was on a. Uh, 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 it was a, a, a suplex or something. Somehow, it's like a double. It's like a double hip toss. Yeah, hip toss. And Nyla came down that leg, and she was visibly hurt by it. I was just like, "Yo, I hope she ain't pulled no ACL." Because you know the ACL, you are gonna be out there for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nyla pin uh, she the, uh, with a with a beast bomb to uh, get the match. Then she brings that tail back into the ring because. It's not a rose, but the Sheeta fights back, and the Sheeta takes a hard bump herself, giving uh, Nala Rose a superplex through the table. Yeah, almost looked snug, almost looked like a brain buster. Exactly, she didn't get that extra rotation. Exactly. Yeah, so I don't. I was just like, okay, well, her back of the head could have, you know, really fucked that thing up, but uh. Sean Spears' network has become breaking news. Spears claims that natural Dustin Rose has retired, and he asks why the chairman of AEW doesn't have a match at Double or Nothing. So he challenged Dustin to a match on Saturday. Why? So he get easy win, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> just, just, just. Well, I, I, I've just been so disappointed of how Sean Spears has turned out coming into AEW. And I, I just want him to, to do better. I really do. Because I understand why he left WWE in the first place. But then I'm just like, I, I want better for you. Uh, it's time for the main event. Uh, we got the Spanish guy, Sammy Guevara, 
taking on Broken Matt Hardy as Damascus. So, you know, a Matt Hardy say if I Sammy makes Matt all Matt's offense look great. Uh uh Sam uh was was it Sammy took the fight over the top will crash down to Hardy over the top ring. Sammy kicked out at the last one after Hardy hit the side effect on him. Sammy tried to pick up Hardy, but Hardy countered. And then uh I didn't was because like I said, what came oh that's right, when they started battling in the football field afterwards. This, yeah, because yeah. um, he was uh Oh my gosh! What happened? Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy won, and then Jericho had the and the inner circle had Kenny Omega yep. up to the um to the goalpost. The goal and beating them up. They were beating them up, and then they came there and they started fighting on the football field, and then all of a sudden, from a distance, you just see something coming up and getting closer and closer until you see all the denim, and then all of a sudden, Adam Page comes out and clotheslines the hell. Out of everybody, he he he's back. We ain't see Adam Page in two months, mm-hmm. so he's, he's not drinking anymore. Uh, probably not. He got nothing else. To, I mean, they, they all the liquor stores closed. So that was AEW vs NXT. Your opinion? Who won for the week? Uh, I would give it to. I'm not honestly. I'm not sure. I would give it to AEW just because of the ending. But okay. I'm not. This week was. I guess I wasn't really interested in this week, even though it was a go-home show. But the ending for me was very good. Yeah, it was. But I'm giving it to NXT this week for, for me, to, uh, who won the overall night, you know, for me. Final thing before we get out of here. So, finally, prime time see The Last Ride, part two. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this title was named Redemption, right? Yep. Okay, so... Uh, we seen in part one if it ended where Undertaker had his match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, uh, thirty-three. So now we start off that him and Michelle McCool are watching the match back, and how first of all Undertaker is not a guy who watches his matches back, and how he was so disgust. Did you see his face? He how disgusted yeah, he, he was, was when he could get a mean face. Yeah, when he could not actually, get. Actually, I have seen that on the meme. Actually, say I, what. I said I have seen that on a meme, but it was like I forgot he was watching something and like he was like turn this off or something like that. <laughs> he he was just like I don't even know why. I'm, and it's funny because he he said it and I'm just like okay, it's funny because uh when he he was trying to get up for that tombstone and he was just mm-hmm. like oh he was just like I I I'm so mad I did that to him. And then after the match, he, he said, he, he, when Roman was getting ready for the spear, I said this when I seen it happen. I was like, Undertaker didn't even know where Roman was coming from. Because that's how he looked. Yeah. He said, I, I didn't even know. He said, I don't even look like I belong in there. And then he gets speared. <laughs> you can tell when he, uh, when he did it, he turned around. And then Roman kept going up the other rope. And he turned around again. He was like, uh, I can't have to do this turn. He, he's like, he's, he, he looks so funny. He's like, wait, hold, hold, hold. He would look so out of normal. And Roman came out of nowhere. I was just like, wow. He just looked so turned around. And, and he didn't know his place or nothing. And he said, by this time, I was just like, just lower me down. And then, so everybody was, you know, uh, crying. When they showed the black dude 
in the audience, right? <laughs> who was like <sighs> crying all hard. Well, I was, I was like, bro, you, I think you, you need to calm down a little bit, bro. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, I was here since day one. So he goes on. He said, I'm going to go probably take a little vacation. Then I'm going to get some hip surgery. So he goes off to get the hip surgery. In the Undertaker's mind right now, he's retired. He's done. He placed everything down in the ring. He's done. And he goes, first of all, them showing that hip surgery was gross. Yeah, they like to do that. I remember yeah. when they used to do that for when Triple H got his uh, knee surgery. They used to show them doing that. Yeah, but they're just showing the hip bone. At first, I was like, yo, yo, how fuck is Undertaker that he still got his scully on, and he still got the uh, either <laughs> the hospital shit on? Over, he was even embarrassed to tell the doctor of how many surgeries and stuff that he got and everything. So Michelle McCool was with him, and then obviously, so she said that you know he's been through this so many times, but you never know some could happen but you know just pray he gets out of surgery he gets out and they put a new thing in his hip he goes to rehab and I think he's moving fine and she said this is the the best thing to have happen for him and it's the worst thing because it's a good thing because he's like I have no more pain in my hip I can walk I feel fine and she said the worst thing is I have no pain in my hip I can walk I can do fine <laughs> which means that this man is thinking about he, if he can come back so at so when, when they was watching the match in the beginning, that didn't just happen. You know, he comes back and he watched the match like, look, I feel so shitty for what I did to Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. He yeah. said... In the crowd. In the, in the crowd. I I gotta, I gotta make it right. Now, before we go any further, <laughs> we've seen a lot of old guys that when they don't go out on top or how they should go out, they find a way to they have to redeem themselves correct yes but when is it the point where you just stop see here's the thing because it's like okay he didn't have a good match at Wrestlemania 33 Wrestlemania 32 we, we, we it was Shane it, it, it was it was more so the big spot but the match really wasn't nothing Wrestlemania 31 I thought he did better than he did at Wrestlemania 30 but he still probably wasn't done yet so it's like he probably want to, like I really believe in my mind he was done. That's the only reason why I until we get a camera crew, and he wanted to document it because he really thought well, it was yeah. done. But he I thought it was done until he had that match. Until that match was so shitty. I think that I think that's why Sting wants to come back so much. I think that's why Sting didn't resign because he felt as though that he's not going to be WWE's not going to give him that match to redeem himself. Well, at this point. You, you, you missed it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree, but you know, maybe somebody like AEW would do it. But it's like it's kind of like Goldberg. Remember Goldberg had, the, which we didn't get to that chapter yet. But Goldberg had that shitty match where Taker at a uh, Crown Jewel and almost killed him. Taker almost killed him. Yeah, that's why. That's why Undertaker keeps coming back. Cause he have like an okay match, they have a good match, they have a terrible match, and then he wants to redo that terrible match. Then he has a couple okay matches. This is just. Yeah, I know he wants to go out on the banger, and I'm just like, well, you gotta know when the banger is. In my personal opinion, it's like this: Goldberg, you and Brock, you and Brock Lesnar tore the house down and yep. made everybody forget about WrestleMania 20. Y'all mm-hmm. killed it at WrestleMania 33. Y'all were one of the best matches on the card. Have said no one ever they thought 
after that. You you can't tell me a Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar match was one of the best matches on the car at a WrestleMania ten years ago, and I would have believed you. Never, I would I wouldn't have believed you. So you you went out. It's like <coughs> after you was done, everybody cheered you on. So what's wrong? So then what happens? You come back, and then they want to put the championship on you, and then. You, you you do that you do bullshit at Saudi Arabia because he's making money, and then all of a sudden, bam! You do you mess up with the Undertaker, and it's like okay, I gotta go redeem myself. You redeem yourself with Dolph Ziggler, and it's like that should be it. That should like in my personal opinion, Goldberg's last match should have been at WrestleMania 33. That was the perfect way to end the Goldberg career. In, in yeah, my opinion. Well, you know, Goldberg is, I guess, greedy, or WWE is greedy. He's like, hey, come back. I get it. I know Goldberg sells tickets and stuff like that, but still, in my opinion, mm. as a Goldberg fan, that would have been a perfect way to close it, in my personal opinion. So, Undertaker now uh, goes to Vince's office because Vince wants to talk to him. And we see Vince come to, come up from the uh, the gym that you know they was just fighting at at uh, the headquarters. He was down there to, 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 like Vince got his whole damn house in that headquarters. He he don't need to go home. Yeah, you know when he mad at Linda, he just go there. He I, I, I live in Connecticut, so uh, all he gotta do is just go there. Exactly, because I'm, I'm sitting there looking like, wait a minute. I look at the headquarters. I just look at all that stuff with Vince's travel. I'm just sitting there like, wait, hold on. I need to know what does Vince House look like? What is a Vince McMahon week schedule? To be honest with you, when does he got time to go work out at the gym and wear an orange shirt and go home? I, I, I'm curious. He goes works out at the gym at like two or three o'clock in the morning. Oh my lord! Yeah, I mean now he's probably a little bit back home now because of social social distancing. But I'm just like a man. <coughs> so he comes in there, and then of course the camera crew gets out of Vince's office. And uh, they want to talk about having a match at WrestleMania 34 with Cena. And him and Cena only had one singles match in his entire career at Vengeance of 2003. And that's back when he was the American Badass Undertaker. Yep. So, the question is, <clears throat> can Undertaker do it? Michelle McCool's still a little worried about him and everything. So, they uh, take the time to send him down a ring, kind of like how they did Edge. Just to try it. And then when Undertaker tried it, he was like, whew, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm retired. So uh, Vince said, well, we need to know something so we can, you know, he could book his card. And the thing was that we was asking like, yo, why is this Undertaker and Cena match being dragged so long? Why is Undertaker having to respond? Because backstage, if this joint really went down to the last minute. So, Undertaker got himself start working now. He started running the ropes a little bit and everything. And then he said, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I'll ever be. I'll see you in New Orleans. I was like, oh, here you go. And then, so, you know, you had Michelle McCool train with him and everything. So, then we go into how him and Michelle McCool met. So, he says that, you know, first of all, Undertaker... I remember, I remember him telling this story on like a... Mm. <laughs> I remember him telling this story at like a church... Gallery, I think it was. <laughs> first of all, Undertaker and Church in the same set is just was like. Because first of all, here's the thing: when I was watching, when I was watching the uh, the documentary, I see Michelle McCool with all this goddess dope gear on. Yeah, 
And I see Undertaker in, in his his wrestling gym where he was uh you know bad the ring bill he he had the Psalms one forty four thing posted up and I'm just like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong I'm not trying to judge people but I'm just sitting there like I never thought I would see that from the Undertaker. Yeah, no, Undertaker's a heavy like he even said like she thought he was like into the devil stuff when they first met. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because oh, you must have heard all the other interviews. Because because through the documentary, Michelle McCool said there was two people I didn't want to meet: Kane, which is probably the nicest guy you could probably ever meet, and I, the Undertaker, which the one she married. And I did not know because look, let's be real: if we did not know Undertaker was just a wrestler, like a famous wrestler, if you had just seen Undertaker walk into the streets right now. I'm automatically thinking like, well, I might want to stay out of his way. I don't know what he, him, and his buddies may do to me. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he look. Like, how, how do we code it, Prime? You're like you be wearing. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I ain't say that for the Undertaker. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to say it. Not for Undertaker. I don't know where he could be lurking at. Exactly. <laughs> I don't. Want... I, I'm, I'm in Walmart one day. He said, "Oh, what did you say about me?" Yeah, so I'll be weird. <laughs> he said, "Look, okay, you right, but but you know what I'm getting at, though, right?" Yeah. So I know. so when I seen her with all this, like you know, got his dope stuff on and hip hop something, I I did not know, you know, uh, he he was into that. And I hate saying intake. I'm trying to be sensitive to everybody's, you know, things out there. But I was just like, you know, I I just did I didn't see it from Undertaker, so it it it, it was kind of. You know, uplifting. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. yes, it was. It was very good. It, it was like the, the what they were talking about. Yes, exactly. So uh, he said that he had a football that he brought, and he was uh, you know, tossing around with the with the boys in the back, and none of them that he was playing with could throw a football. I'm like, you mean all them football players that came over from uh to wrestle? Nobody could throw the football. He said that all of a sudden. She came and then she threw about a thirty-five yard spiral straight, and then he was just like, "Oh, then I'm done." He was like, I, "I didn't." He said it wasn't just the blonde hair, the blue eyes, you know, the good ass, you know, all the good body. Because Michelle McCool at this age still got a good body. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny because when I see her and you know, like her, her goddess dope stuff and stuff like that, I'm like, "Wow, she does. She, she still got. She got a shape body. She might can come back." It was just about the gear that she wore at the Royal Rumble. Like, I was like, everything is so long. Like, she got, like, a long back. And I was just like... I think she's just tall, that's why. I mean, she is tall. Like, like her legs and stuff is just, like, long and tall. Yeah, like, Michelle McCool, like, 5'11", 6 foot. Like, she's, she, she's mm-hmm. tall for a woman. So, yeah. and then he said, you know, that's basically what got He said, how to do a football. And then, you know, she, she uh, talked about somehow he was trying to flirt with her a little bit. And he was like, oh, just wake me up when she done. Because, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Uh, to get on like get into that kind of stuff, but I I thought that stuff was kind of cool. And one thing they talked about on the show, which was kind of crazy, because we talked about this earlier during we were talking about Owen Hart, his relationship with Missing Man is just the tightest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he prays Missing Man. They both said they would take a bullet for each other, and I think it's because of the loyalty that the Undertaker's had. The the they had a show on the Monday Night War that talked just about Sting's loyalty to WCW and Undertaker's loyalty to WWF. 
they just signed into a contract, <coughs> so <laughs> they're on that contract and want to take a turn seventy. Yeah, like my God. So, uh, he has been loyal to them, and he has had nothing but good things to say about Vince McMahon. And when the, when the person in doing an interview asked Vince, he said, "What does the Undertaker mean to you in the WWE?" And Vince said, <clears throat> "I can't do that." He instantly started crying. He said, "He's about to." He did. He did. No, no, no. Exactly. Cut the camera off. Cut it off. That bottle looks because I think Vince McMahon is an ugly cry. I never seen him cry before, but I think he's an ugly cry. They say he cries like uh. They say Vince cries like Ric Flair over anything. Woo! Ain't don't nobody cry like Ric Flair. Ain't don't nobody. That's what they say. As I say, if you talk about the right people, he'll he'll just cry. Look, I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now, Ric Flair is the reason why Space Mountain got that water park because he <laughs> just straight me he, he cried and filled it all up himself because that's how much Ric Flair would cry over none. Uh, Ric Flair would cry like if Charlotte ate the last Fig Newton in the box. <laughs> you know, he really wanted that. I, something like that. But like, this, I, I really wanted that Fig Newton, though. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. But, you know, I, I don't see that happening with Vince. But him and I have this relationship now. That's why I was telling my wife, I said, I think there's two versions. I think there's Mr. McMahon, which is the dickhead. And when it comes to Mr. McMahon is, I don't like your tone. That that's that's Mr. McMahon. Okay, that's the dickhead. That's the one who's friends with you know our president today. That's the one who you know does these stupid decisions and is toned down to the audience and all that stuff like that. And just a straight up dick. Vince McMahon, I think, is the version that you know has that relationship with the Undertaker, or he paid for William Regal to get you know get stuff out of rehab, or brings people back because you know. Who have did have done him wrong, stuff like that. I think there's really two versions. However, ninety five percent of the time, we see Mr. McMahon. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm about to say, could you agree with that? Yeah, that's that's right. It's kind of like Jason David Frank and Tom. Like he, well, no, no, <laughs> no it's not. <laughs> he said, no, it's not. I I've saying, never seen Jason David Frank before. I neither have I. <laughs> so, so I'm just you know just I'm just saying you know. But yeah, I and just real, like just real quick though. Like somebody, so somebody uploads these pictures. It's like Power Rangers take a picture with themselves. Like they edit it so like it looks like they taking a picture with themselves. Yeah. Everybody else got on regular clothes. J- JDF the only one with his green suit on in his now picture. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so Vince McMahon is like the human that cares about his superstar, especially his top guys. Remember the like the podcast I was talking about? I said Vince McMahon will wheel Mark Henry's casket out to the ring. Yeah, if he did, because the, the the love he has for Mark Henry, I don't get it. The love Vince has for our truth, I don't get. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but he he loves his guys. I'm just like you know, hey. That's Vince McMahon, but Mr. McMahon, fuck that guy. But, you know, that, that's how I, I see it happening. So, they talk about the relationship on there, which helps explain. Undertaker said, look, I'm kind of retired, but if you need me because you're shorter guy, I'll be there. And Michelle McCool said... If, but they're not... Uh, whatever. Uh, uh, I know, I know. But, but Michelle McCool says, if he feels like Vince needs him, then he's going to need him. So, 
it was funny. So he's down there training, and you know, you see Michelle McCool getting in the ring and stuff like that. So then he brings down Primo, and I was just like, "Is that why they ain't been fired this whole time?" <coughs> because, yeah, I mean, the Java guys the ones that helped the good guys get back in the shape, exactly. Get back in the ring shape. Curtis Axel was the one to help the Rock get back in the shape. And yeah, then, so you got your Curtis Axel, your Zack Ryder's, your Kurt Hawkins, and all of them. Yeah. They the ones that do that stuff. Yeah, so he called Primo down, and you know, Primo, he, he fast. So he said, Whoa, I don't think I ever moved that fast before. So Undertaker was, you know, going there, and then he was going to train, and he went to this, uh, this, um, this gym called Boom. He said, Boom means hell. So you about to get hell for one hour. And he said, you know, it was cool like uh, yesterday. It's going to be cool tomorrow, but it had to be 90 degrees today. Today had to be 90 degrees. So <clears throat> it won't make me feel that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, with that being said, he said he worked out. So he said his trainer wanted him to get like a, a you know, his blood running before his matchup, to, you know, to make it perform better. And I said, you know what? I never even thought of that. Because he said it's better to, it's better to get warmed up before you go into the match instead of trying to warm up during the match. <coughs> so, I mean, I thought that made good sense. Warm up before the match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you, you got there, you broke a sweat. That's why, I, it, remember, all these unconscious, Kenny Smith said, you know, some reason why these unconscious don't be the way they are is because these guys ain't even breaking a sweat yet. He said, you know, they haven't gone there and do a lab. If they, was play, if they played a pickup game, and they broke a sweat. They come out there. They, they, them ducks go out going easily. You got you got to get them nerves out first, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so WrestleMania thirty four is here, and they, they, they talk. It's Cena, and they build up the match at WrestleMania thirty four. So you see him in the back. They have to cover him up, and Michelle McCool up in the tent and everything because they didn't know he was coming. He said there was a lot of speculation that Kid Rock, when he went to the Hall of Fame, I was coming back as the American Badass. And he said, "This has been so many conspiracies. I'm not coming back <clears throat> as the American badass, <laughs> even though I would have liked it, because that means I retired the dead man gimmick. That would have made I sense mean, to me. He, he, he did. <clears throat> he did. Oh, but, so we thought. Yeah, so we thought, and he didn't. So he he gets stuff ready, and he comes out with Cena, and for three minutes he had a good match with Cena. Three minutes." It's a playtime. Play <laughs> My bad. Sorry. No, no, it's cool. I like Boom so is ready. So <laughs> he gets he, he got for about three minutes. He has a match with Cena, and he looked good. Like he he really did. I watched. I was like, he really did look good. I didn't I didn't like him squashing Cena like that though. But he really did look good. So they get to the back. Everybody talk about some how good he looks. And then the problem was Undertaker said, "I wish the match was a little bit longer." So I could have that match to go out on, but you know that's, that's all it was. So then, that's how the episode <clears throat> ends, and then we get uh, next week's episode, or when we record this today's episode, we get the Saudi Arabia fucked up tag team match between DX and the Brothers of Destruction when they didn't catch Sean. <clears throat> Man, I thought we were just getting like more Shawn Michaels, basically. Mm. Exactly. So the, the question is because now he wants to have that. That, that that shut down matchup, and uh, he knows that you know he, he wants to do anything he can to get it. And Michelle McCool's like, it's a vicious cycle. When does it stop? So, how how did you like the uh, episode two? <clears throat> nah, I thought it was real good. I'm pretty sure <clears throat> episode three might be my favorite just because it's got Shawn Michaels in it. But yeah, nah, I really enjoyed it. 
I I want to really see the episode with Goldberg uh, at, at Saudi Arabia because I want to see if Undertaker's going to blame Goldberg for that. He was pissed. He was pissed in that moment. But I mean, once you calm down and get in the interviews room, because he almost hurt Goldberg too. Yeah, but yeah. what was that that they talked about and Goldberg was talking about it? Was that a WWE 24 or was that the Saudi Arabia 24 thing? I'm not necessarily sure. I didn't see I, I, I remember Goldberg was talking about it. Oh, what? No, it was SummerSlam. It was Summers. No, was it Goldberg? I can't remember. Mm. I can't remember if it was Goldberg 24 or if it was a SummerSlam thing, but Goldberg was talking about that match. He was like, yeah, this match, though. This match, ain't nobody going to crop on this match. So I'll make sure I'm going to be my best on this match instead of, you know, what happened last time. So, mm. yeah, they've been talking about it. <clears throat> okay, so... That, I enjoyed this episode. This documentary has been great. I can't. Every Sunday, we got a new part, five part documentary. So I, I'm really going to see how it ends. I don't know where it's going to lead to or if it's going to turn out like edge. Like it, it's meant to be something, but it's going to be not. So we don't know. But, guys, that's the end of the No Gimme Seen of Wrestling podcast. I'm glad you guys were here to join us. It's been great. So uh, make sure you post down in the comments below for the store on YouTube. You know, things you like about the Undertaker, stuff like that. But, um,. <clears throat> Right now, make sure you guys check out spacesphilly.com, but that's what we're a part of. Check out the Little Pop, Little Pop Horror Show, both sides, and Market Dark Show. Check out our content, the No Gimme Seen at Wrestling Podcast, Nerd Gas and Talk Podcast, Turntables, Hip Hop Culture, and Beyond, and Drunk Doll Sober Tongue. <clears throat> also, make sure you guys uh, check us out of uh, the real nerdcoalition.com. Get all your real coalition merch. You know, the NC logo with the lightning bolt, the regular NC logo, retro, and the no gimmicks need a wrestling shirt as well. Check out Q Flow's merch on there, the layover shirts and stuff, and check out the War Drum, his hit album. And also, make sure you guys check out the Prime Nostalgia podcast. My man, my co host over here, got his own podcast, talks to, talks to all the celebrity guests, and talk about uh, things from back in the day, great nostalgia stuff. So, Whatever he wants to be back on there, I'll make sure I make myself back on there. I didn't mean to, you know, sell you, but, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, before we Oh, no, that's perfectly <clears throat> fine. You know, you want to do some more. I wouldn't mind. You know? <laughs> follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KVNG Primetime. Exactly. Uh, and then, that's it for us, guys. So, uh, make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share, and all that great stuff. And thank you for supporting the podcast and everything. And we'll see you next week. So, once again, this is NC, a place to be chill, trying to stay in the... And the anime, oh, excuse oh, I'm talking, I'm thinking of wrong oh, podcast. Uh, and not DI series with Pop Time. All right, everybody. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been real. It's, oh. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I know she ain't here right now. All right. And Nerco, listen. Uh, and Q Flow, wherever you're at, take us out. to your ears welcome to the show we don't need any gimmicks you already know so sit back relax and hit the like button go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming swag on trivia and prompts top five either way it's fun and you're hearing it live join with your host mr a and e yeah you know it's the place to be it's nc Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. 
Amazon Jobs offers the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.